0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're here at Real Deal Talk, and you know what I I, I meant before the interview here, uh, my guy, my my brother, my brother, right? Is it brother Will You say it like a V, brother. I'll probably
1: say brother, brother. What, okay, yeah,
0: whatever you want to, do. whatever <laughs> wherever you want to go, Jacques. Yeah. And I always meant to ask César. you how to pronounce your name, Jacques, right? Caesar, Caesar, yeah. not Caesar. no, nah,
1: nah, no, no. Caesar, Caesar. Yeah, there you go. No, nah, I mean that that was pretty good. I that It like yeah. was a little bit half half like uh, '70s uh, porn voice, and then the other half is like you know uh, a, a pilot on a plane.
0: <laughs> so Jacques and I met uh, through our children's school. Yeah, Morning Creek Elementary, Scripps Ranch. We both live in uh, the commun- same community in Scripps. And so our kids go to the same school. I remember we were at some, uh, it was at a uh, charity party. A party, yeah. And I was I was hanging out in this, I remember like in one of their outside things, and you rolled in. Connected right away. And you looked at me, and I looked at you. It was, a, it was big energy. And there was, was big it, energy going on. And you, and you looked at me and said, yo, bro, you and I are going to be friends. Yeah, we locked. We That's what locked you said in, to me. Yeah. He said, bro, you, you and I are going to be friends. I can tell. Yeah. You remind me of my, my college roommate or something.
1: Now, you know what it was? We we did the same hand, handshake that Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger did <laughs> in Predator. And I knew right then and there. I was like, all right, did we just become best friends? Yeah.
0: I knew right you, then. Dude, you so, come on. Yeah. And if you're watching this, you know, if you were around <laughs> during that time, you know the handshake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the yeah. biceps, right? Oh, yeah. oh nah. my God. No, nah, that,
1: that, that was a fun party, and uh, <laughs> we, we hit it off quite well that night.
0: We hit it off, so we've been friends ever since, mm-hmm. and uh, and Jock here uh, used to play for the Chargers for nine seasons, right? You can say it. San Diego Chargers. San Diego Chargers. <laughs> you know? I love them.
1: San Diego deserves a football team.
0: Do you think they'll ever come back? Um,
1: I, You know, I don't know what the rules are and things like yeah. that, and, um, you know, things
0: happen. Things happen. And, uh, shoot, shoot, the Rams came back. So you totally, you totally, you totally, you're not answering that question.
1: <laughs> hey, that's hey, it's none of my business. It's right? none of yeah. your business. <laughs> yeah, they, they, all they, right. You what know, I love for the San Diego Chargers comeback, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. San Diego deserves a football team. I agree. You know, and we we were rolling back in the days, and uh, it was great football, and it's the city was alive, alive. I mean, it was just, it was fun. It was the, a lot of fun. Lt. LT. Sean Merriman, Sean Phillips, yeah, Luis Castillo, yeah. Jamal Williams. You know, it, yeah, was, you, it was a good time. It was you can't, can't duplicate. Philip Rivers. Phillip Rivers Come
0: on. Man. Albert Drew. Yeah, was, you can't was, duplicate yeah. the Gates. energy. Oh, Gates, man. bro. Come on. You see, the, see, you can't duplicate an energy that a, a, a solid football team can bring to a city. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, yeah. What was the problem? Like, what was the problem? And, and we're getting on a tangent here already. A little bit. But, <laughs> but what was. Why. We just couldn't fill the stadium. There wasn't enough money involved. I, I don't know what. There's I too much done. to do here in San. What's the theory? I think I don't know. There's too I, much I, to do in I, San Diego.
1: I feel like the the, the yes, there is a lot to do in San Diego. Right. But I also feel like when the the whole stadium thing should have happened when we, when the Chargers were winning. You know, 0-4, they went twelve and four. You know, we a little hiccup in 0-5, but then. You know, 06, 14 and two, 07, AFC Championship game, 08. You have that walk off run by Sproles versus the Colts. You know, so we have all this momentum. The city's alive. It's electric. That's when we should have tried to get a stadium. Right. Run, you know. Right. And, um, I mean, you know, it's 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 unfortunate that they left. You know, it's unfortunate that they left. It's unfortunate for the city. It's unfortunate for youth football around here. Yeah. You know, I, I thought you know one of my favorite things to do was go to some of these, you know, Pop Warner fields, AYF fields, some of these high schools and and just pour into the kids and, and let them see what a professional football lo- professional football player looks like or just that, you know, you know, being around those type of people that inspires kids. Yeah. And uh, it's unfortunate that, that San Diego doesn't have that that anymore.
0: It is. And now that you're talking about it, I'm like I'm bummed about it. Before I didn't even care. Now 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 you got me all <laughs> You got me all up in my feelings about it now.
1: Yeah, you know, because you're right. Well, be, you know, right now I'm, I live in Houston, and and being in a city that I mean, you want to talk about a whole county that absolutely loves football. So there real quick, real
0: quick, tell the yeah. listeners and watchers, you're a defensive line coach for Houston Texans yeah, yeah, now, I mean, right? I'm, okay.
1: Yeah, I'm the defensive line coach for Houston Texans. Nice. And um,
0: and, and give me the whole atmosphere, just crazy. Yeah, just people love football.
1: Wow. You, you just you're you're in a you're in a. I mean, the whole state loves football, but, yeah. <laughs> it's, but, but uh, particularly in that area, they just love football. They take it very very seriously. Whether it's seven on seven, um, you know, uh, spring ball, whatever it may be, they absolutely love football. And um, you can kind of feel and see the difference when people are talking about okay, this is a diehard football town. Mm-hmm. As opposed to well, there's a lot. There's a lot to do in San Diego.
0: Right. So that, that's yeah. the theory, right? There's too much to do here. Yeah. Well, I mean, the beach. The weather. Era. The weather. So the, the weather
1: is beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. To you. It really is. I've been in. I was in Buffalo, New York, for two years. And. Uh, uh, How was that? It was freezing.
0: Freezing. Literally,
1: it was. It was. It was cold. There was a lot of snow. There were some rainy days. There were some dark, gloomy days. Um, but that town loved football. They absolutely love football. Wow. The town shuts down on Sunday, and that's the only thing that matters. I mean, really, the, they, they start parking RVs on Friday. Are you serious? And they start this party. Bill's Mafia, that, that was a real thing now. Yeah. They start this party uh, on Friday, and that thing goes all the way till Sunday night. Wow. And uh, the, you feel that energy, and you want to come out, and, you, and, and the, the, the guys want to perform for the for the fans, and, and they want to give them good football and wins and all that th- thing. So um, just being around that and then now going into Houston, seeing all that. And I'm not saying San Diego isn't a football town. We we certainly are a football town. When I first got here, this was a football town. I'm right. just saying um, we just didn't have enough people beating down the doors and saying, yeah. hey, like, let's get a stadium done. Let's get something done mm. to keep the NFL in San Diego. Great, America's greatest city.
0: America, Yeah, America's finest city. Finest city. And you're exactly right, bro. When when, the, when they were on top and things were flowing, yeah. that's when you go after the stadium. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, making not when they're man.
0: in a not when they're in a lull.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I was way done by then. Yeah. Um, but still, uh, I remember when that you know they were all making a push. They got LT out there, and they got Gates out there, and they got Philip out there. They introduced you know the a new coach, and 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 they're trying to really make that push for the stadium. I was like, all right, maybe this thing's gonna really happen. And then all of a sudden, it just nothing. It was, it was really sad. It was really sad. <sighs> anyway, but on to so, some good stuff. All right, man. so this it, is enough, amazing over here. Hey,
0: you like this, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, all right, so here's how we do it. I, I know you've, I know you've watched the show a little bit. So now we're gonna go back, and I'm, I'm gonna okay. peel a couple of layers back from, uh, all right. from, from Jacques Caesar. Very good. Yeah, Very good. <laughs> I nailed it. Mm-hmm. So, Mister Jacques, and you're in your 40s now, huh? I am. I didn't think you'd ever get there. I'm 41 years young. Wow, unbelievable. Yes, sir. You're still a young buck to me, though. I'm young buck. I'm young. Young, you're a young buck. So Jacques here, let's go back. Where were you? I have absolutely no idea (laughs) where you were born and raised or where you're from.
1: Okay, Uh, I was born in Massachusetts. Okay. Wow. Yeah, Worcester, Worcester Mass. Worcester, Mass. Not not the biggest uh, football, as far as you know, high school football is concerned. but born in Massachusetts, moved around a lot when I was younger. We settled in this town called Gardner, Massachusetts. Why'd you so, move around a lot? Um, yeah, you know, I my parents were young, and they were just moving all over the place at the time. Yeah, and, uh, from
0: city to uh, city or state to oh, no, state? No, we'd be in
1: uh, Michigan one year. Really? Living in Ohio, South Bend, Indiana. You're kidding me. Uh, lived in uh, New York, Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, just moving around. Just For to, what? just trying to find just trying to find a spot to stay really in. yeah and just, just just jersey raise a family you know we your family of five my parents are were immigrants they're hardworking people um you know mother works hours. okay Davis. tell
0: me about the immigrant thing cuz that's where the, the last name came from yeah yeah my parents are from Haiti
1: and ah. uh, and uh, so they you know they were immigrants and uh, ah. they, they they didn't know anything about football or basketball yeah. or anything like that they knew soccer you know but i mean i was a pudgy kid i was not get on that soccer field <laughs>
0: There's like, no
1: way. Way too much running, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um,
0: but. Maybe, maybe uh, goalie, maybe. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just stand there, just hand out here, hand <laughs> out here. And, um, but no, they, uh, they, it was a big uh, education push in my house, and mm-hmm. everything was about education. And you got to be a doctor, you got to be a lawyer, you got to be an engineer, and uh, you got to work hard, and, and, and things like that. Those, those were always being instilled in us, always being talked about in our family. And um, uh, you know, me and my brother, once we kind of settled in one area, we started getting into organized sports. Mm-hmm. I'd say around like fifth
0: or sixth grade. Fifth or sixth grade, and Hall is your brother, younger, or older than you? He's two years older than me. Two Actually, th-
1: lives in Scripps himself. What? Yeah, coaches at La Jolla Country Day. He's You're one kidding the, me? Coach at La Jolla Country Day, Carmi there, one of the best offense coordinators in San Diego. Um, that's him. That's him. He said, uh, you know, he had a what's friend. his first name? Carmi. Carmi yeah yeah he had a Braxton Burmeister over there I think he's at San Diego State now um wow. He's had a few quarterbacks over there that's have broken some records so he's a big air raid guy so wow and yeah. so
0: both parents were from Haiti
1: both parents from Haiti both you know hardworking people moved around a lot finally settled in Gardner, Massachusetts started getting into sports uh at, at a young age around like like i said so fifth, just you and your brother any sisters
0: fifth and sixth grade
1: yeah so it's uh me and my brother then we have uh two sisters and then i have another younger brother oh wow so five yeah, yeah five. five total yeah, wow five total. Yeah, we, i we, thought
0: we, you were including the parents in the five no no no, no. seven with the parents so, yeah
1: yeah it was a lot it was wow a lot. yeah there was a lot of people so no.
0: um but
1: uh yeah, it was then in those early stages, fifth, sixth grade, that you know started playing sports, and uh, you know a lot of a lot of parents always ask me, you know, how how did you make, you know make it from a small town and then get to the NFL and play for so long in the NFL? Now I'm a coach and things like that. And uh, you know, one piece of advice I always give parents, yeah, I always give parents, I say, you want your kid to, you know, quote unquote, make it or yeah. like that, he's gonna have to want it himself. He or she is gonna have to want it themselves, right? They got to go after it themselves, and that was the biggest thing. Now, did I have somebody pushing me? Yeah, my brother would push me every every step of the way. You know, those days when I felt like ah, I don't want to do this anymore, I want to quit. My brother was there to push me over that that hump. Yep. And and, and you know, we, we always we me and him have this model: keep it moving, keep it moving, yeah, keep yeah. it moving. No keep matter moving. what's going no matter on, what. life is gonna throw all types of crazy stuff at you. Every day, keep it moving. Yeah, just keep it moving. Stay consistent. Um, you know, have a goal, have a purpose. I think me and you were talking about that earlier. Right. You know, have that purpose and and, and have that drive and go after. It. Um, a lot of parents think they can just will their kid to to, to make it. And that's not the. You know, that's not the point. I, yeah. I don't want my kids to play sports to play f- professionally. Right. I you want don't. them to play. F- no, I want them to play sports because where else are you going to learn that much discipline? Okay. Yep. That much structure how to work hard. You get knocked down, you gotta get up now. You know, there's so many things about youth sports that can impact young people's lives. It's it's crazy, but we as parents, we as people, all we think about is the end result, professional. you know, I want this kid to play professional sports. No, that's not the thing. Make them fall in love with the the process. The process is what's gonna make them be successful later on in life. Because no matter what, sports is gonna end. Yeah, no matter what sports right. is going to end for, for everybody. No matter what sports is going to end. When it does, you know, you're going to have to have something that you really truly love and want to not even I don't I don't like to use the word fall back on. I'm yeah. just saying something that's going to make you continually grow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you ain't growing, you dying.
0: You're dying. That's right. <laughs> and, and to your point, bro, this is a great talk. We're going to go on this for a little bit. Oh, we're gonna nice. we're gonna flow on this because it's it I, got, I got goosebumps talking about this because I we t- I talk about it all the time. You really do have. Goosebumps. I do. I thought it was just cold in here. No. Like, can we get i I'm, I'm, okay. I'm fired up about. I'm fired up that this topic came up because you you hit it right away, man. Everybody, ugh, this the educational system right. is completely flawed at this point. Yeah. In school, they're teaching them how to basically do well on a test. Right. Sports, organized sports, is where you actually learn life lessons. Yeah. You just said it. Discipline, yeah. respect, mm-hmm. how to take direction, yeah. how to work with teammates. Absolutely. You're accepted by a team. Mm-hmm. You're being accepted. Yeah, it, That's that's what life's about is right. all the things that are taught in sports. Mm-hmm. You don't find that in school. Yeah. You yeah. just don't.
1: Yeah. You got all these different
0: teammates, yeah. all
1: these different cultures Culture. coming at you. And, uh I mean, it's just that—that's why I want my 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 son and my sons and daughter to play sports, is because that that what they're getting every single day, whether it's on the softball field, baseball field, basketball, football, soccer, whatever it is, what they're getting every day is literally setting themselves up for success in the future. Correct. And so, to me, yeah, I mean, the sprinkles on the cake. Okay, kid has some you know exceptional qualities and, and ability and that pushes him towards you know being a star in high school great more sprinkles on the cake right. okay now this kid can get go to school I'm not even talking about a free education he just can just you know some team wants them on the team so he can partial scholarships or at least you know take out some loans yada 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 so they can go to school four year university great more sprinkles on the cake. They get a full scholarship, shoot now, you know, that money that you're saving up for your kids, okay, now that's that that's your vacation fund. That's now you get to go and relax with that, yeah. or you can just give that to them so they can start life. Yeah. But either case, you know, it's less than one percent.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say the, I was just gonna literally <laughs> say, what are the odds? Yeah. yeah. And, and and again, um, you know, it's like it and and not only that, not only the the structure, the discipline, the yeah. honor, the the the, the how to take direction? How to right. be? Because in order to be a good leader, Jock, would you agree with this? Mm-hmm. You have to be a good follower. You have to be led. You yeah. somebody. Ha- you have to be able to be led in order to lead. Yeah, I mean,
1: at, at, right now, so uh, being a defensive line coach, I lead uh, fourteen men right now, uh, possibly more for for training camp. And and to me, there's a couple things about leadership that are important to me. First thing is leadership is inspiration. Okay, I got it. I, I to, in order for me to be a leader, I need to be able to inspire you to do something you don't want to do. Correct. That's that's the first thing. Second thing, leadership is is best coupled with performance. You better be able to do something, bring something to the table, in order to say like, yeah, I'm one of the team leaders. I'm a guy that's gonna uh, be a leader. And you're right. Part of leadership is servant leadership. Okay, you better be able to humble yourself enough that. I don't know all the answers, but together we know all the answers. Right. You know, you teach your kids those three aspects of leadership every day and just push that onto them. Hey, go out there and inspire somebody, okay? Make sure that while you're inspiring somebody, if, if, if a coach needs to tell you something or maybe another player says, hey, you know, you could do this better, okay? Listen to them. Yeah. Open up to them, okay? Receive that type of information and go out and apply that information, okay? And in essence, you, know, you got a ball. Yeah. You just plain and simple, you got to you got to focus, you got to produce, go out there and do your thing, because then that that's when you can truly, truly lead. Correct. You know, and um, and and so, all those aspects you're gonna get from sports. I, I tell every single guy in my room, every single one of you guys are leaders. Every single one of you guys, yep. you guys are leaders on this team. You guys are leaders within this room. Shoot, you guys inspire me. Okay, so every single one of you guys are leaders. And yep. I think every parent should be telling their kid that, no matter what they, because everybody brings some kind of value to, right. to whatever organization or whatever system that, that, that they're doing, whether it be a team, school, class, a play, whatever it may be, everybody has to bring some kind of value,
0: you know? That's right. And, yeah. and leadership is influence. Oh, absolutely. Influence. Yeah. And e- let's go further with this. Nowadays, in this Climate that we're in right now, the economical climate and the climate with devices. How so? And I see so many parents that don't have their kids in sports or dance or taekwondo, whatever. Right. Get them in something. Right, something. Because if you're if they're not doing something, what are they doing nowadays? They're on a freaking device. Their head is buried in a device. Right. Right. You can't keep them off it. It's impossible. Right. And and right. And I would say
1: to those to those parents. Because yeah, this, this is a real good topic, too. Yes. Right? How much screen time and all that stuff. Yeah. First of all, the future is computers. Okay? 100%. It's programming, computers, everything that we're going to be doing. Now they're talking about the metaverse and things yeah. like that. You know, I embrace all of that. I'm not scared of any of that. I embrace all of that. Okay? Because it, it's just the future. That's that's just what's coming. Yep. And there's, there's, no, there's no stopping it. Okay? All uh, right what they're getting out of that screen time, make sure that's something that's going to make him grow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was watching this one that's game. That's pretty my, simple. Yeah, you know, my son was playing this one game. It was called, like, Paper.io or something like that. He's just going around in a circle and just and just eating stuff with, with this, like, little snake thing. I'm like, okay, well, I'm trying to be positive about this. What can this do for his growth right now? Where, what is he learning right now? You know, where is he growing? Where is he developing? If I don't see no development or anything, any development, or anything, yeah. in, in it, then I'm gonna be like, hey, switch the game up, or hey, let's go play catch, right, let's go play ball, let's go, let's go shoot around, let's do, let's do something active or something like that. Because th- there's some games out there that are just mindless games. Yeah, mindless. Right, but there's some things out there for for the kids that actually help them develop. And things. I'm 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 cool with that. That's a great you point. Know? and and, I, and I'm not am I'm, I'm not one of those guys because, like I said, you know, when we were growing up, I'm sure our parents were probably like, "Look at these kids, they're so lazy yeah. and this and that." And blah, blah. I used to walk forty miles and now you know forty yeah. miles you know to school in the yeah. snow and stuff like that. And, and, and they're looking at us like we're lazy. You yeah. know, we're looking at our kids the same way. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, just embrace whatever they're doing, limit it, make sure that it's developing them, helping them grow and everything like that, and just don't don't shy away from having them do some kind of physical activity. I don't care what it is. What is it? Yeah. And anything. Cause take them take for a walk.
0: And Anything, <laughs> get them in, because not only the development as a, because life is really hard. It, like, when you get older and you have actual responsibilities, when you actually start paying your bills and yeah. you say, dude, life is a bitch. It oh, really absolutely. is. Yeah. So in order to get them prepared, sports activities is mm-hmm. going to be their best preparation. Not school. Listen, don't get me wrong here. They got to go to school, learn how to read and write, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but the actual training of how to, be, how to operate in this world mm-hmm. as a productive human being that's going to inspire others, mm-hmm. that's going to lead others, mm-hmm. is through... Sports, and yeah. on top of this, Jacques, how many kids nowadays are freaking obese or fat even in their, like, seven, eight, nine years old? How many? A lot. Yeah. I mean... Sports uh, will keep you in better shape on top of the mental aspect, right? So physically... Yeah. For development. Yeah. It's important.
1: No, I, I 100% agree, and even if it's not even sports, I mean, there's there's plays you can get into, there's music, there's... Just something that teaches you a process and a discipline. Yep, yep. Okay, that is going to take you far in life. I'm not even going to lie. There's a, you know, I I, I, I remember coaching uh, my son uh, in, in flag football
0: when yep. he was four years
1: old. Okay, I'll never forget it. And there's a bunch of little kids on the team. And uh, there's some kids I'm like, okay, well, that kid's never going to play sports ever in his life. <laughs> I don't even know what his parents are doing with him out here. But, they, they, you know, they get him out there. Yeah. And, um, and and the thing is, like, not everybody's going to be uh, uh, Michael Jordan or Steph Curry or Kobe Bryant, you know. Not every person is going uh, to be like that. And, and don't force your child to be that way. But there's so many things that you can do as a parent, so many resources you can give that kid besides that phone. There's yes. so many resources you get. And, and, you know, there's there's free programs at the YMCA. You know, there's just so many different things that you can put your child in so they can get disciplined, fall in love with a process, and in turn, those are the things. Those are the kind of like the fundamental building blocks for them to be successful later on in life. Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, unless they get into some kind of crypto, and then it's just this is a rabbit. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> right he like hey dad i i was I, you know i did crypto and i made a whole m- a bunch of money oh hey great good for you buddy yeah <laughs> yeah give dad some now yeah. pay pay the piper pay the piper yeah
0: yeah we could this topic i love this topic man because it, it because listen w- what are we doing here right as as human beings as men right. father figures you know we're raising children yeah. you know what i'm saying and the most important way or the best way that we're going to change this world and make a difference is yeah. our legacy is our children oh, through right. our children absolutely Absolutely. When we're gone, that's mm-hmm. all we got is them carrying the torch, mm-hmm. and however we raised them, whatever we sewed into them, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, this is beautiful. So, all right, all right, go back. So now, where, where were we? We're we're back where you started playing sports, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Do we get up on a tangent? Hold on, I got. Yeah. Let me one question here. Yeah. It, it'll probably put us on another tangent. Okay. At what point? At what age? Right now. Because we both, and you also, I'm also been coaching your son in, yeah. on my flag football team.
1: Fabulous! Shout out to J.D. He's doing a fabulous job fabulous. coaching youth football yeah. in San Diego. Yes, okay? you want your kid to to, to get better and, and to to develop and have fun at the same time. Send your kid J.D.'s way. So right. That's right. Hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: All right. So the the question is, because out here back east we didn't have flag football. We went right into Pop Warner and started tackling Yeah, immediately, like at age. I don't even remember, eight, nine. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so
0: nowadays, Jock, coming from an NFL football player. Oh, geez, here we go. All right. What age do you feel right now is the time that's appropriate for them to put pads on and start hitting? And don't just answer the macho, right away. No. Give uh, it to me. uh,
1: When they're ready.
0: When they're ready, when they're ready, because Corey Withrow, your old teammate, right, yeah. mm-hmm. was on this podcast. And okay. He shared his insight on this exact topic. What did he say? I'm what not going to tell you what he said. High school. No, no. <laughs> Would you stop? No, no. Uh, no, because
1: some some people say he had a high number. School. He had yeah. an actual age. Yeah. Because... Where
0: where don't do it earlier than this because
1: yeah. there's no reason
0: to. Right.
1: And, and here, here's how do you know thing? when they're ready? Here's my thing. Okay, I, I've, I've been around. Sports, my whole entire life. Yep. Use sports and everything like that. They're just not hitting that hard at a young age, right? And some are, some aren't. Some are better than others, and everything like that. There's some kids that might just be standing out there. Um, when a kid is ready, when a young boy is ready, and I think I think you know, little girls and boys, I mean anybody can play football, yeah, if they, if they want to. Right. And I think it's one of the best, you know, the greatest sport. In the world that gives you all that you want, all the things that we just talked about—that little microcosm of life—that that that shapes uh, young young men and women—are all right there on the football field every single day. Whether through practice, film, uh, games, you're gonna learn some kind of life aspect yeah. <laughs> on the football field, and um, and, and for me. I used to think about this all the time because, you know, I have, I have sons and, and right now one of my sons is, is ready. He's like, hey, dad, I want to play football. Mm. And his mother's not ready for him to play ball or anything like right, that yeah. yet. And, and and for me, I, I I never wanted to... He's playing I, flag. Yeah, he's playing flag. And, okay. and, but I've never wanted to be the, the the dad that said, no, you're playing this, you're playing that, you know, whatever. I, I just like, hey, whatever you want to do, yeah. I'll support you. I'll right. get you all the resources that you need. I'll, I'll support you. But, you know, you got to work, though. You got to, you know go out there and, and and do your your very best and um I just feel that it's it's up to the kid if the yeah. kid if the kid feels like he's ready to go play ball let him put some pads on and go play ball okay you know and and uh you know we've been doing this for a long time NFL football has been around for a long time yeah. there's been a lot of guys um that have been playing for a very very long time yeah. at, at a young age uh, like I said I started playing ball when I was in 5th grade, 6th grade? It was 5th grade, yeah. grade. Yeah. And and pads on. everything. I, I'm pretty sure uh, my first year playing football, I just was just staring at the cheerleaders the whole time. I just, <laughs> I don't think I did anything on the like football field. <laughs> now, Again, you know, life just, lessons. <laughs> coach had me out there, and I was just standing there like, what do you want me to do out here? You yeah. know, and, and you know, I wasn't ready doing it. But back in the day, they just threw you out there. Got it. But yes. My, if, if, if you have a kid that says, I'm ready to play tackle, I want to play tackle. Now he has some kind of like, purpose he has some kind of drive he has some kind of reason where he feels like he's ready to go and take a next step into life right yeah you know that, that's that's a big step when a kid says hey i'm ready to put some pads on and and you know have this contract with this other guy where we just bang heads for you know the next you know 20 30 40 minutes or whatever that, that's that's a big step for a young kid whatever young um, young woman or a young uh, lady or male that says, hey, I'm going to go out here and do that. That's a big step for them to take. Yeah, and so big. who am I to say, no, you're not ready? What, what did I just do there? Yeah. I, just, I just told him, well, now he's going to be unsure of himself because right. he just came up with a thought process in his head or she came up with this thing like, hey, I think I'm ready to go do this. And all of a sudden now here comes the person that I trust the most, the person that loves me the most. And they say, no, you ain't ready for that? Yeah. It puts doubt in their head right away. Yeah. So my kid says, hey, I'm ready to do this. Yeah, go ahead. It's okay. Let's do it. <laughs> go ahead because I don't want my kid, when they're done, when they get out, get out from under my payroll. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. Yeah. All right. When they get out from under that and they go out into this world, I don't want them to fear anything. Right. I always tell my kids, fear, false expectations appearing real. I don't want them to fear anything. Fear and doubt stop more people in this world from being great, from being who they want to be, from from going out and achieving everything they want in life. Fear and doubt have more to do than that than anything else in the world. So I never want to foster any type of fear and doubt in my children. Yeah. At all Love that What's Whatsoever Zero. Whatsoever If there's a reason why they can't do something Or we don't let them do something I better come up with some pointed reasons Why they're not doing it Right You know Because if they say Hey I'm ready to do this Yeah go ahead Go do it I love that Because
0: you, you know what the number one Trait for a, a, a Great leader is Like people are going to follow mm. Confidence Oh yeah Confidence Right if you have, When you follow leaders that are Freaking competent and that breeds confidence, dude. I love yeah. that, man. That was a great answer. Yeah, I used, to, I used to tell my, I still use this line every day.
1: When I meet um, either young rookies, anybody really. It could be a 12-year NFL vet. I don't care who it is. I tell them the, whole, the same thing every time. Let no man take your confidence away. Hmm. Let no man take your confidence away. Every day someone's trying to take a piece of your confidence. Okay? Every single day. Whether it's it's the uh, opponent, the, the offense coordinator, defense coordinator, the head coach, the fans, the radio, TV, Twitter now, social media, all the social media deals. Someone's always trying to take your confidence away. Someone's mm. always trying to make you doubt yourself. Sometimes it's the person that's staring right back at you in the mirror trying to take your confidence away. You have to – that thing, that confidence, you got to, to guard that thing with your life, okay? Yeah. Because – like I said, fear. Fear causes people to not want to do things. It slows them down. Doubt, all that stuff. Just be confident. No matter what happens, I'm good. Yep. Keep pushing forward. No matter what happens, I am good. I tell myself all the time. I have, you know, I'm not gonna say I have no fears, but I got no fears. I, I, I mean, I just, you know, but besides, you know, what every parent probably dreads. I have no true fears because I know no matter what happens in life, I'm good. I'm good. I'm yeah. betting on myself.
0: Yep.
1: I bet on myself. I'm good. I can tell right now, walking around all you know this this whole shop right now that that's your mentality. You're good. You got a big old freaking lion sitting right right behind your head right now. Just it's been staring at me for a minute, like like I want to eat your ass right now. Okay, can you swear on this? I'm yes. Sorry. Whatever you I'm sorry. Do. Awake in church. Okay. Awake. Okay. <laughs> You let it okay. fly, dude. This, this <laughs> All is, right, you know, and so. You let it you know, fly. Uh, uh, it, it, the confidence helps you go out and say, well, I'm going to go out and, and, and start my own business and do my own thing and, and, and raise my kids the way I want to do it and, and, and go through life the way I want to go through life. Yeah. You know, and and if you if you lose that, a little bit of that, you know, it, it's, it's just not a good thing. Would so. you say
0: this like the, pretty much the same thing as self-esteem?
1: Yeah, that's what it is. It's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. In life. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. Yeah, self-awareness is huge. Huge. Huge.
0: Huge. huge.
1: Know, you, know who you are, love who you are, be, be okay with who you are. Yes, right? and, and,
0: and know your faults. Yeah. Know what you're not good at. Yeah. That's True. self-awareness. 100%. I see so many people that have just zero self-awareness, yeah. and they're just screwing shit up, mm-hmm. and they don't even realize it because they just have no self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Zero.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you don't, you're not good at something doesn't mean that you can't try it, yeah. but just understand, okay, hey, this is where I need to allocate more resources to. I need more work on. All right, I read this great book one time. It's by Carol Dweck. It's called Mindset. Mm. Everybody needs to get this book. It's a great book, right? Yeah. And it, it talks about a closed mindset and an open mindset and how a lot of people go through life, right? Hey, I'm not good at math. So never try. They don't try. Every time something math-related comes in, they avoid it at all times. Okay? Where somebody else might say, I'm not good at math right now, but I will be one day. Just need to work on it. Right. Open mindset. Open mindset that no matter what, I can get something done, I, I can do this as long as I put in the work. That's self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay? And a lot of people think, well, I'll never get that done anyways, or I don't have time to do that, or, or I'm too scared to do that, or someone told me a long time ago, I'm not really good at this, so I'm not even gonna try. No, nah, dog, like this, this, you know, self-awareness. I, I'm not there yet, but I can get there. It might take me some time, but yeah. I can get yeah. there. And so that's, that's how I was always live my
0: life. That goes along with confidence. Once again, confidence. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah.
1: You you, got, you, you need it, you know, and, and, and I tell my kids all the time, like I said, let no man take your confidence away. It's so big. At all.
0: So big. Yeah. That's, that's what life is really just right there, right there. If you want to have the best chance at living a great life, one that's uh, with fulfillment and mm. purpose. Oh, that's
1: good. Go on now. He's, he's trying to get me started right now.
0: Right, hold on. We got off another tangent. Right, Purpose-driven life. Go ahead. All right, hold on. Let's go back. Where were we? Where were we in fifth, <coughs> where were we in fifth grade? yeah yeah all right Um, we we were in fifth grade you started sports
1: yeah i'm just staring at the cheerleaders you're staring at the cheerleaders (laughs) all right your um, parents
0: had moved all around which is crazy in itself to me
1: and i was about i would say probably sixth grade i was like five six five seven maybe a hundred and like 60 pounds i was a little chubby okay that's that's big yeah i like to chew some food okay (laughs) i enjoy that's big and um and wasn't very athletic, you know, didn't move around a lot. Um not not with your brother? My brother was he's 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 tiny. He's 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 a running back, scat back, wide yeah. receiver type of guy. I yeah. was always a big bone guy. You yeah. always liked to eat, you yeah. know. I was one, "Hey mom, I finished my plate first, mom." It was me, you know. Yeah. And uh and he was a, you know, the <laughs> complete opposite. And um but um all of a sudden from from 6th grade to 7th grade, I just started growing like a weed. And uh I remember having all this joint pain and, and you know, things weren't fitting, you know, my jeans weren't fitting anymore, looked like Michael Jackson, just had high waters all the time, you know, shirts weren't fitting the same, and I just started growing, growing, growing. And by the time I hit like seventh, eighth grade, I was 6'1", uh, a six one, six wow. one and a half, it's tall, skinny, no kidding. awkward. You know, so I, of course everybody's like, well you're gonna be big, you're gonna be like Shaq one day. Yeah. You know, you're gonna be tall and, and things like that. Uh, I didn't grow an inch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm six two. You're right, six at, two? right at yeah. six two. Did yeah. not grow an inch, but I just kept on just getting wider and stronger and yeah. uh and um and I was terrible. I was terrible at sports in the beginning. Really? Absolutely terrible. <laughs> absolutely what did you play play football played baseball football, anything that my brother played my older brother played so he wanted to play football we're playing football we want to play basketball we're gonna play basketball and I was, I was terrible double dribbling all the time i tell my, my my sons all the time you guys are a lot better than i was in sports yeah you know you guys had a lot more you know you got all these camps and you got all these private coaches and you got all these resources around yeah i had the neighborhood okay and everybody knows what that means. you oh, know? yeah. You know? One of the ones get picked last. And then and, and I now want to be one of the guys that gets, at least, let me see, ho- ho- hopefully somebody picks me second or, or somebody, you know, uh, 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 puts me on their team. And I was just not that athletic. Then all of a sudden I sprouted and everybody's wanted me on, you know, first guy on the team. So yeah. I, I just, you know, kept on playing, just kept on playing.
0: So at what point did you actually start to become like, okay, wow, well, I'm, I'm actually pretty decent
1: you know it's a, it's a
0: funny story and I've told this story before yeah. and it was actually uh
1: it was it was confirmed by many people and it was actually it's been it's been in newspapers and things like that um so like I said, I was really tall and I swore I was gonna be a basketball player I was like you know and and, and I practiced day and night in basketball shooting dribbling all that stuff and um uh we went to this private school at first and and we did well at the private school. Um, we had to leave for for some you know different reasons. We had to leave the private school. Went to this to this other school, Garden High School, where I graduated yeah. from. And there, the football coach was like, "Hey, you guys coming out for football?" And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, we're coming off football. I knew in my head. You I'm had
0: already lie. played football for? The
1: private school. Yeah. And, and I had left the private school, and now I'm at this public school. So at the other
0: schools, you were just mediocre at best. i
1: was mediocre at best, and, and, but, but I was better at basketball. Okay, got it. You know, and um, and so I was like, I'm putting all my eggs in basketball. I'm just going to play basketball. I don't want to play any other sport. And, uh, and so my brother had to go pick up his football equipment um, from, from the team. So we pull up to the school. Me and my brother and my, my boys and uh, I'm like, don't tell the coach I'm in the car. I was like, I'm not coming out for football. I just I want to play basketball. I want to develop there, okay? And my brother's like, yeah, yeah, I got you. You're good. You're okay. <laughs> right. So so I, I, I kid you not. I hide in the back of the the, the back of the car. We had this red minivan. It was when minivans first came out. Yeah. And we were all we were all riding around. In my mom's minivan. And then and, you know and so I'm over there. It's, I remember, it's my sophomore year in high school. I'm hiding in the back of the, the car. And uh, my brother goes in to get his equipment, and the entire football team comes out. Coaches, oh, players. God. You're kidding me. And they're all like, get out of the car, you're playing football. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not playing football. No, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, no, you're playing football, okay? I'm 6'2", 185, 190 pound sophomore, like, you gonna play football. Yeah. And I was like, oh man,
0: fine, fine. So, so this is going into sophomore year. Yes. Okay, go.
1: So I'm like, okay, fine. I'm, I'm going off for football again, and I, and I had told myself, I had prepped myself that whole summer, like, you ain't playing football, yeah. like, just shoot, you know, work on basketball. And so now here I am. I'm getting football equipment. I'm just like, I don't want to do this right now. Like, what, what am I? What, what am I doing? Like, I'm a basketball player. And so we get out there for training camp, and we, you know, they they, they take us to this, um, they take us away for training camp, and uh, we go to training camp with these other two high schools, these really big high schools. And I'm not playing at all. I'm 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 like, the 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 backup, the the, the backup water boy. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just sitting there, kind of like I'm just chilling. And our uh, the starting tight end has this gruesome injury. I'll never forget, Ooh. it. dislocates his elbow. Never forget, never forget the scream that came out of this guy, this, this kid's mouth. I still talk to him to this day. Oh. And um, I was his backup. And so the coach was like, hey, you got to go in. You got to play. I'm like, did you just see what just the, man, the man's arm is like <laughs> pointed on in, in in the wrong direction right now. What do you want me to go out there and do? And so um, I had to go out there and play. I, I was forced to play. And I played
0: decent. This was a tight end?
1: Yeah, it was like tight end. And he was also a backup defensive end. And I played decent, you know, not nothing yeah. great, spectacular, but it was decent, decent enough for them to be uh, able to trust. Like, okay, hey, this is you
0: sophomore. My
1: sophomore yeah. he could play varsity, right?
0: So this game was it the varsity? This game? was
1: just a scrimmage at a training camp practice uh, that this kid got hurt, and that's why I started playing. Really started playing. That was it. Yeah, because the other thing is like when you're when you're when you first start playing and you're not playing, right? Like you're just sitting on the bench. Right. That could be discouraging. Yes. Right? It could be discouraging. What's 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 you know, and, and so for me, all of a sudden now I'm thrust into this plane and then and people are are you know, they, they they're counting on me to do my job. They're counting I you know, I got all these teammates that counted on me. You're in this huddle and all these guys like, you know, get the call and like come on, we gotta do this together, da 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 and so i don't know there's something about that that accountability that that fact that i had all these guys all these guys that i went to school with that i was cool with that i've known for a long time that all of a sudden like now they're counting on me to do something i was like i'm not going to let them down right so i just did did the best that i could and then every year from then i just got a little bit better and better and better it wasn't one of those things where i was the uh, Greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, by, by the time my senior year came rolling around, I was I was being recruited by a lot of uh, it was a old, old Yankee Conference. Yeah. Uh, UMass, UConn, Boston University, which which dropped football that year, uh, <laughs> Northeastern, uh, you know, New Hampshire, Maine, those those types of schools, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, I, I, I for whatever reason uh, I did not get into those schools. And,
0: um, and at this point, how big were you? Six two, what? 6'2"? Six, six, two. About two hundred five, two 252. This is senior year. It's my senior year, you
1: know. And, and uh, you were
0: still playing defensive end.
1: Yeah, I was playing. I was. I was a uh, all-state defensive end now at the time. I mean, I'm getting. You
0: know, what about uh, tight end as well?
1: I was playing tight end as well. Uh, four touchdowns, five touchdowns that year. Yeah, yeah, a couple picks two pick sixes. Nice. And um, and so uh, I was getting recruited. Um, but as a kid, you know, my, my parents worked a lot and what wasn't around a lot. And so me and my brother and my siblings kind of had to raise ourselves. So I'm not gonna lie. We, 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 we partied a lot. I mean, I had a great, I've had a great, uh, high school experience. I've had a great college experience Had an awesome NFL experience. I've had a lot of fun in my life. And, uh, and I didn't really have the grades to, to play division one. And so there was a a, a guy that came to um, from a Division two school that had come to recruit another kid from my school. So that's why
0: you didn't get those other schools.
1: Got it. Yeah. Okay. So those other schools were like, you need to go to prep school for you. Mm-hmm. They all they all wanted me to go to prep school. Um, Worcester Academy. Uh, there's a, a, a prep school in New Hampshire uh, in Maine called Bridgerton Academy. Um, there's Hargrave Academy down in in Virginia. So they all wanted me to do prep school. But for me, I was like, no, I want to go to college. And we'll so
0: why college. why would you say your academics, they, they weren't S- that good?
1: Slipped at the time? Yeah. Because um, I didn't plan myself.
0: <laughs> that simple.
1: I, I, listen, it's self-awareness and just honor. You got to be dead honest with yourself. <laughs> I didn't plan myself. It wasn't like I, I couldn't get, do the, the, the work. It was just... You know, uh, it wasn't enforced upon. Uh, it wasn't forced on us at the time. Um, we're winning a lot of games. We're really good. We want a state championship. Um, and and I, at the time, nobody was telling me like, well, hey, you got to have this type of GPA and do this on the SATs to in order to qualify for Division One. I. I just thought like, hey, you just, you know, you're good at ball. They're gonna, you're gonna sign a letter of intent. And you're gonna go to school. So um, so I don't get into any schools that I, that, that I want to go to. And this Division II coach is like, he he knows, like, okay, hey, we can probably get you into school. Um, would you be interested? And I'm like, well, I'm not. Dude, I'm not going to D2. I mean, come on now. I'm, what school was like, it? Yeah, it was, it was Southern Connecticut State University. And the guy's name was Mike Dodge. Mike Dodge. Mike Dodge. I'll never forget it. And uh, he said... We, you know, we would love to have you if that's a possibility. I was like, sure, buddy, no problem. I'll, you know, I'll see you in the next life. You know, I'm you know, I'm not playing D2 ball. And then I found myself without without a home. Come you know after signing day, everybody had signed. You know all these because I, I was on this um this, this super team in, in Massachusetts. So you know you go get your picture taken with all these other football players that you had seen throughout the year yeah. that you had known about. You've been to camps with right. and things like that. And so. Um, <laughs> I uh I'm like, Well, I gotta figure out something. So I called this guy Mike Dodge up. I'm like, hey, I didn't get any of these schools. Is there still a possibility for me to just take a look at your school? He's like, Yeah, absolutely. So I drive down there, I take a recruiting trip, you know, they show me around, they give me the tour, you know, they wine and dime me and everything like that. I'm like, All right, you know what? I'll stay at this school for one year, then I'll transfer to one of those bigger schools and I'll be good to go. Go to school, sign my letter of intent, end up at Southern Connecticut State University, Division II school, and I showed up on campus 2:20, right, and uh, I left 3:05. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Camp? Yeah. I showed up. No, no, no. I'm talking about after those four years. Oh, four years. Okay, yeah, God yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, Jesus. four years. Yeah. So I showed up my freshman year 2:20, left my senior year 3:05. And just kind of just put the work in. I had, a, I had a head coach that believed in me right away. I mean, right away as a freshman, he's like, hey, you're, you're, you're going to be one of the leaders of the right freshman. Away. You're going to be one of the guys that, that we
0: count on. He would tell me that. W- what's his what's this coach's name? Do you remember? Mike Cavanaugh. Mike Cavanaugh. Yeah, Coach Cav. That name's kind of... Coach, Coach... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Rich Cavanaugh. Sorry. Rich My, Cavanaugh. Mike's, okay.
1: his bro- Mike's his brother. Sorry. Right, I was just, okay. just, just, just talking to his brother on, on, on Facebook.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Rich, mm-hmm. Rich Cavanaugh. So how least... would you say that that molded you in life, in your entire, the rest of your entire career in life, that one belief that the coach had in you? Would you they, say... That? Huge. Huge. Huge.
1: Poured, poured into me right away. We'd, he'd bring me into his office and we'd have these talks. And in his office was this, was this picture of this guy Joe Andruzzie, and Joe played for the Patriots, won three Super Bowls with the Patriots. Great guy, I mean, phenomenal guy. There's a great picture of Joe um, uh, in the USA Today carrying a woman during the uh, Boston Marathon bombings. Oh and yeah, this guy, I mean, this is just a tremendous individual, right? And there's a big old picture of Joe in in his uh, office, and Joe had was it was in his uh, New England Patriots uh, uniform. And I was like, that guy played here? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you can do the same thing. I'm the type of person that I believe. When if someone tells me I can do something, yeah. I believe them. Because yeah. you know, I mean, if they see something in me, I, I need to see that too. Right. So i was like, okay, I can play in the NFL? He's like, yeah, absolutely. You have the ability. You have, you have the leadership skills. You have the work ethic. You can do that. He would tell me that all the time. I went, uh, every year wow. I was in the NFL, I went back to school and, and spoke at recruiting functions, recruiting dinners, and told that exact story. And he would get up afterwards and he would be like, I wouldn't have said it unless I meant it and I believed it, but I also knew that you would take action upon it. You know, someone's gonna tell you, yeah. hey, I believe in you, you can yeah. do this, blah, 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 blah. Well, now it's up to that person. Now you've put the ball in that person's right. court. Now it's time for that person to put the work in. And that's what I did. I just put the work in. You know, I had one guy that believed in me yeah, obviously my my family always believes in you, but when it when it's somebody else, yeah, that that really truly believes in you and tells you, hey, you can do this, you can do that, as long as you work hard, as long as you do the work. Shoot, I'm I'm good. Uh, and so,
0: would you say that was that the reason that you didn't bother trying to go to a Division One school?
1: Yeah, or, I stayed. because of him. Yeah, I stayed. He I, I was wow. named the starter and played great. Ended up becoming a D two All American and becoming lineman of the year in the in the conference. And so what
0: positions were you playing throughout that? The, the every pl-
1: position on the defensive line. Really? Yeah, because I mean, like I said, I went from 220 pounds, right, which could be a defensive end. Correct. To 305 pounds, which could be a defensive tackle. Correct. So I played all over the defensive front, you know. And um, and you know, I didn't know how the NFL worked back then. I thought you had to be at a big school in order to be discovered. I didn't realize that they have scouts going everywhere.
0: Everywhere. Everywhere. Because there's guys in your position. Everywhere. That were phenomenal, but academic stuff going on that it, you didn't imply yourself, that doesn't could, mean you're not.
1: It could be anything, 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 anything. It could be, uh, the, you know, I, I saw a video of a guy in, in Australia that was, uh, you know, playing rugby, six five, two hundred seventy 270 pounds, that can run, jump, do all the things that you want him to do as a defensive lineman. You know, the NFL, if you can play ball, and, and you got a work ethic and, and you know, obviously you're not you know, too crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll find a spot for you. Somebody will find you. Somebody will find you. Wow. But, you know, and, and, and that's why, you yeah, know, obviously is it easier to, to be at a Division One school? Now you have exposure, you have TV, you know, you have some kind of fanfare. Yeah, absolutely. Does everybody want to play Div- Division One? Absolutely. But there is a slew of players at the – the 1AA level, D2, D3, NAIA, uh, junior college, community college, whatever it may be. There's wow. a slew of players out there that the NFL is going to find every single year, every single year. No kidding. And, and you know, um, as long as that player is willing to put in the work, they'll, they'll make it.
0: And so were you playing offense at all at college?
1: No, no offense whatsoever.
0: At what point did offense just say, you know what, forget it? Uh, college.
1: <laughs> yeah? they, they, yeah, you know, they said, it's, "Hey, it's, it's very hard to play uh, both sides of the ball. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, and they have so many players. You know, yeah. on the college team, there's, what, 90, you know, 110 guys go to camp. Wow. Yeah, and, you know, they keep, I want to say, you know, on a 75 or 80 or something. That's like incredible. That. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I just kept on working hard, and next thing I know. When were, when
0: were the pro scouts coming in?
1: So my junior year... I had a really, really good year, my junior year. I had about 14 sacks, a whole bunch of tackle for losses. And uh, I remember my coach called me in my office, in his office, and he goes, there's going to be a scout here tomorrow. He wants to get your height and weight, possibly get a 40 time. You good with that? I said, absolutely.
0: This is junior year? Yeah,
1: it's junior year. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, it, it, it that happened uh, my junior year, the spring of my junior year, um, Senior year played, next thing I know, there's, there's scouts coming to every single practice. And we had a really good running back, too, that, yeah. that was being recruited. So there were scouts coming to every practice, um, training camp. There were scouts coming throughout the, the, the year. Um, and um, and and the other guy on the team, he was getting calls from agents and things like that. I hadn't received any calls from agents at the time. Right. And so I'm just kind of just going along through life and just, just playing ball, enjoying my senior year, not knowing whether – I'll ever play football again, but just, just working really hard. And then at the end of my senior year, like I said, I was named uh, Division II All American. I was named the Defense Alignment of the Year in my conference. And then I was named to a uh, all star game in Texas. It's called the um, Cactus Bowl. Okay. And so w- w- I was named all those within a week. Yeah. And, you know, you were talking about, you know, I know you were talking about earlier, like how, how God works. Yeah. And um, And so all these things just get. Dumped on me within one week, wow. and I'm and I'm being whisked away to to Texas to play in this All Star game. Where in, at this All Star game, you're in front of every NFL scout.
0: They're all there.
1: They're, yeah, they're all there, and it's all the D2 All Americans, and we're all there together. And we're we're you know getting our height, weight, we're running, we're doing one on ones, we're doing all this stuff. Then we are playing the game. Um, I went away to train for two weeks in North Carolina. They and then I come back. I have a pro day. There's thirty NFL teams at the pro How did you
0: play in the uh the All-Star game? I did pretty good. Yeah.
1: I did pretty good. I think I had about 6 tackles. I don't think I had any sacks or anything okay. like that. But I was but nobody really cares about the game. They all care about the week of practice.
0: Got it. Ah, yeah. uh, no all kidding. All the
1: scouts yeah, cuz all the scouts are there for the week of practice. They want to see how you're practicing, your practice habits. They talk to you after the game. They 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 you know, they interview you trying to get to I'm not after the game, but they have to practice. practice yeah. You know, they're trying to get to know you better and things like that. So, um uh you know That kind of happened, and um, you know next thing I know, I'm doing a pro day. I did a pro day for about 30 NFL scouts.
0: And what's a pro day? Describe that.
1: Pro day is is like the job interview of all job interviews yeah. for any NFL player, because you can do the, the combine, which is a big job interview, but then your pro day is kind of like your last thing that you do in front of NFL scouts or NFL executives that tell them like, okay, this is who he is, all right, this is his body of work as a player, this is what he is as an athlete. This is who he is as a person. They combine all that together, and they decide whether or not they want to take a chance on you. Wow. And that's it. Unbelievable. Next, next thing I know, um, I, I watched the NFL draft, the entire NFL, 2003 NFL draft, um, and my name went, un, you know, my name wasn't called, yep. and, um, which, is, which was a, uh, a small blow yeah. for about two minutes small blow to the confidence yeah Yeah. (laughs) because you know you watch you watch the combine i mean the combine the the nfl draft thinking like i mean that's every kid's dream right yeah you hear hear your name it doesn't matter if you're the first pick or the last pick you want to hear your name be called and um at the time i didn't know what that meant either i mean it was all these these firsts for me right yeah you know scouts and and all-star games and and such things and uh all of a sudden, now I'm watching this combine. I mean, this uh, this draft, and and I was getting calls too. I was getting calls in the fifth round. I was getting calls in the sixth round. Got calls. What in the would they say when they called you? Hey, man, we really love you here. Stay close by. Well, you know, uh, if the you know, and and I didn't know it at the time, but you know, they just they, it's like a recruiting call. They're calling you because they want to gauge your interest to see if 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 you they don't draft you, well, they'll they'll bring you in. And so I'm getting all these calls. I got a call from Tampa. I got a call from New England. I got a call from uh, Tennessee. And I got a call from the Chargers.
0: And they're just basically gauging what? Your, your enthusiasm? Or? Yeah,
1: what, what are you, you going to do if, if, if you don't get drafted? What happens? You know? And uh, I, I remember all those other teams were like, we may take you here. We may take you there. Uh, we, we like you at this position. And the Chargers, Wayne Nunnley got arrested. So he was my defensive line coach. And he, he passed away last year. And uh, he calls me up. He had this real deep voice. He was like, "Jock, he's like, we're not going to draft you right away." He said that, but you can come in here and compete. So he told me. I said, "I appreciate it, Uh, Coach Nunley. uh, You know, I'll see you on the field one day." (laughs) I was confident. I was like, "I'm I'm getting drafted. I don't know what this guy talking about, but I'm going to get drafted." So I go undrafted, and my agent calls me. I'm I'm kind of like. You know, a little defeated. I yeah. was like, "Dang, what what does that mean now? You know, what what do I do now?" And my agent calls me up. He said, "You know, good you know good news. Uh, bad news is you didn't get drafted. Good news is you're going to San Diego." And that was it. Got on a flight That's the next it. week. Met Marty uh Drew Brees was there. Marcellus Wiley. So hold on,
0: go back. <laughs> I need to understand this. Why do they not draft certain players and then bring you on on it anyway? Is it a money thing?
1: Um. So, just imagine this, right? Okay. Well, you do it. You do it every year when you when you uh, draft for your your flag football team. Okay. Do you guys draft players? Not really. They don't do that. Anymore. No, I know. Ba- I know. Like baseball has like a draft. System, and, and I'm talking about youth sports right now. Yeah, right. You know all the kids. You get this pool of kids. It's right? hard to
0: use this example with flag football. <laughs> well, no, it's, I it's, take, it's, I it's, take it's, who I get. Right.
1: Well, it's kind of the same thing as far as you know. I know in, in baseball, right? They all okay. We'll, we'll say softball, right? They all get together and all these all these girls they get together and they're. they're they're getting pop flies, they're hitting, right, right. feeling grounders, all that stuff. And all the coaches get together and they rank all the girls, right? And then, you know, you know, however many girls there is, the coaches might be like, okay, hey, I want that guy, I want this girl, that girl, and I want this girl. And you know, everybody picks all their teams and whoever's left around, you know, they go on the other teams. You know, they go on those respective teams. And so the NFL is kind of the same way. You got all these players that you want to choose. And for whatever reason – it could be anything. I, you know, I want JD because he can do this, this, and this, and this. You know, you got two players that are are very similar, but you might like this player just a little bit more. You'll draft this player, hoping that this guy will be around, or maybe hey, I can get this guy after the draft. Mm. You know, it just doesn't matter. There's, there's no exact science with the the NFL draft. Yeah, it's just guys. You know, some people do it by a board. So why doesn't
0: the draft keep going until they're all
1: gone? I don't know. Someone said like that just taking too damn long. <laughs> 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 It's seven rounds. You know what I'm talking about? It's a long time, you know. Um, like, they used do, to they used to have twelve rounds in the NFL draft. And I
0: mean, so does it. Well, like after the, a
1: while, they say, "Hey, all we need is seven, and then everybody else will be an undrafted free agent.
0: And so, once the draft is "quote unquote" over, did the ones that come in after traditionally get less money? Oh, absolutely. So that's what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying. So is it a dra- money thing? Like, hey, uh, if we can get this guy for cheaper, let's do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that. I mean, it, it's it's hey, we didn't get this guy. He's still available. Do we want to bring him in? And that's kind of what it is. I mean, after the draft ends, it's 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 like it's like the Wild West. There's a bunch of phone calls. Coaches are making calls. We're trying to get players to sign. So your
0: agent <laughs> called you? Oh, yeah. Bad news, good news, you're going to say. What did you think? Like, okay.
1: Oh, I parted my butt off. <laughs>
0: I, I didn't care what it was. I remember. Now, now, when you get that call, does that mean you're signed? No. Or does that just, mean you're walking on? That,
1: that just means that. I'm having. I'm going to get an opportunity. Every single person, no matter what they sign, doesn't matter who it is. Every single person
0: is fighting for the job.
1: It's fighting for a job.
0: Even if they're signed first round, they're still fighting for their job.
1: Right now, if you're a smart coach and you got a guy that's making ten million dollars and he's pretty good, you're going to want to play that guy. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, there's some guys that they could be making that money and not care. Some guys that might have lost a step. Some guys that might be injured. For whatever reason, you know, people play good or bad. For whatever the reason is, could be confidence. I don't know what it is, but every single guy is out there competing for a job. Everybody.
0: And where where did you live <clears throat> at this point? Were you living in Massachusetts? Still? No,
1: I was. I was living on, on on off campus in in New Haven, Connecticut.
0: New Haven, Connecticut. New Haven,
1: Connecticut. Unbelievable. Yeah, and so <laughs> I flew out there, and then, and then next thing I know, were your parents
0: fired up? Were they?
1: Oh yeah everybody's fired up I mean you're yeah. you're in the n f l yeah you're you're doing exactly it's you've you've gone through everything that you can go through you've done youth sports, you've done high school sports, you've done college sports. this is the pinnacle now you're here yeah right you, you you're here you've made it this is the every childhood dream and um
0: you and, know, okay, so get the scene. so real quick along the journey of football, high school college which coach don't don't not the pros yet which coach was the 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 turning point of your career i think you already said him right
1: uh, no there's there's there tons there's tons there's tons really each yeah, one had a little something everybody had my my high school coach Walter Dubsinski. i still talk to him to this day when wow man's shoot 80 years old wow still on the football field Wow! Just, you know, it could be the dead of winter, he'll have his sleeves up chasing, chasing referees and, 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 and talking crazy, you know, <laughs> I, I telling him, he's, you look like a senile old man, but he loves ball, and, and he, he instilled in, in me, everybody that was around he impacted so many young lives, it wasn't even funny. I, that's probably where I draw most of my inspiration from. Get out of here. Yeah, because he was just, um, he was like an old grandfather, an old gruffy grandfather you know and uh he'd have all the guys over his his wife would 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 cook pies and desserts and you know we'd watch ball and um he was like a father figure and 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 he loved us like a father. I mean I call I call him on Father's Day. No way. You know, I mean because he he just had such an, a big impact on my life cuz for him it wasn't ever about wins and losses. For him it was always about okay, what is this guy? What what is he going to become? What yep. is he going to do with his life? Wow. You know, and um, so that really inspired me. I had Rich Cavanaugh.
0: Um, and that was high school. The, the
1: yeah, that was my high school. Coach.
0: What was his name again?
1: Walt Dubzinski
0: Walt Dubzinski. Dubzinski. Yeah, that's a that's a tongue twister.
1: It is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, he had we had he had a chance to uh, go on the sidelines of the New England Patriots game this past year when, when I was with the Buffalo Bills, and it was a really it was a real cool moment for me. Um, because I also I also got into coaching because of him. Mm, no kidding. Yeah, because uh, when I had retired from the NFL, which was 2012, I had never been to uh, I hadn't been to a high school game in I don't know how long, in one of my high school games. So I had flown back home. It was Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is a big game in 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 Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. it's a big 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 know, deal. Homecoming. Your, yeah. yeah, it's like homecoming, right? That's you're, it. you're playing your rivals, and and um, and so uh my my coach's son, uh Steve Dobzinski, he was like, Hey, you should come up. Walt would love to see you. The guys would love to see you. Um, it would be it'd be pretty cool on Thanksgiving Thanksgiving morning. Right? So I drove up Thanksgiving morning. It's about, you know, negative five degrees out. Yeah. And um Walt's out there, like I said, it's it's negative five. He's he's at the time I think he was like seventy four years old and he's running up and down the the the, the, the field yelling at the refs t- you know talking to the players trying to inspire coaches trying to inspire players and he was just full of life and I was like I want that yeah. I want to I want to feel that energized at at you know 75 80 years old I want to be that that you know he he had purpose right you know and 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 so I was like I want to I want to do th- Th- that right there i don't care what level it is i don't care if it's high school i don't care if it's college nfl i want to coach ball wow. because i just i remember the impact that he had on my life but then you realize holy crap like these guys are impacting his life
0: yes they're, right back. they're
1: giving him a, a a reason a purpose to get up and and live and 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 be resourceful to people every single day and i was like i want to do that no, that's, that's, that's what got me. That's into what inspired you to do it. Yeah, that's what got me into coaching. You know, and, oh, man, uh, it was a uh, it was a very cool moment. But um, but yeah, he was probably the biggest inspiration for me. Um, like I said, Rich Kavanaugh, another big inspiration yep. for me, because he
0: believed you right when you got there.
1: Yeah, um, there was a math teacher at my high school. His name was Bob Truax. And he was a bit of a prick to everybody. Yeah. And, 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 and nobody was ever good to him. He said, everybody sucked, right? <laughs> great guy, though. He was yeah. a, ph- a phenomenal yeah. guy, yeah, he, you know? And, um, and so he, uh, he told the class, when I wasn't even in the class, this was when I was high school, I was a, my junior year in high school, he told the class, because the class was asking about athletes and things like that, he was like, well, there's only one athlete in this whole school that can play D1 right now, and it's jocks is there. And you know somebody came back and told me that, and I thought that was really cool because everything I ever heard coming out of this guy's yeah. mouth was like everybody else sucked. <laughs> and all of a sudden here he is telling me I could play D1 football. So he was a bit of an inspiration for me. Wow. Um, but that's what it was. It was just it was it was men that that took the time out to time time out to instill confidence in me, to continue to inspire me, um, to to push me beyond what i really what i really thought of myself at the time yeah. and so that's what really raised my self-awareness that self-awareness you know gave me a lot of confidence and that confidence took me to this level where i'm at today
0: and so ladies and gentlemen listen to that because along the way if you're a, especially a fa- let's talk about fathers how important we are to kids and especially yeah. our sons yeah daughters too big time it's up if we instill Our belief in them. Mm. They need that belief. You just said it, man. Look at you. You're a beast. You were a freaking beast on the football field. But even you needed Mm. that belief from other sources. A math teacher. Yeah. (laughs) And you remembered his name because of it. Oh, yeah. To this day. Yeah. Have you ever told him the story? Oh, yeah. Yeah?
1: Yeah. Invite him into my wedding. uh, Get out of here. Yeah. We talked about it that day. He had no idea. He had no idea.
0: Was was he emotional about it? He had to be, no.
1: Yeah, no. We 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 talked about it, and he's like, "Wow, that's 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 pretty cool." He's like, "He's like, I remember that," and and uh, he's like, "I believed it." He's like, "I just," he's like, "I was just being honest." He's like, "I believed it."
0: And that one statement on the fly mm-hmm. was everything to you. Oh yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I spend more time. Telling my kids they can do something and yeah. they can't do something. Absolutely. I spend more time instilling confidence in my kids than anything else that I can do. I mean, I tell my kids all the time, I love them to death, uh, you know, but I spend more time on their confidence and who they are, you know, their yeah. self-awareness yes. than any other thing that I can do.
0: Because as we said earlier, man, mm-hmm. there's nothing more important than self-confidence, self-awareness, mm-hmm. call it a day. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, That's it. Absolutely. And where's
0: it going to come from? Yes, it can come from yourself, yeah. but it's got to come from somebody else as well. Yeah. Most importantly, to begin, especially when they're young. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're all doubting themselves. Oh,
1: absolutely. Because they, they don't know.
0: They don't know. Yeah. They have they no idea.
1: And, and I've seen, and honestly, I, I, I take from everybody, right? And I'm always, I, I meet a lot of people all the time. I know a lot of people, and, and, and I've seen a lot of parents, and I always just like to watch. I'm a big observer. Yes, me too. And, 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 uh, and there's a lot of parents out there. I've seen parents that they're they're very very lax with their kids and they're not on top of their kids a lot and they just they just let their kids just live life and learn and and make mistakes and things like that. And I see those kids. I've seen those kids like from when they were, you know, 6, 7 years old to what they are now, you know, 14, 15 years old. And I've seen the growth and development of those those children like there's so much into just pouring into a kid and making a kid feel like they it, I don't care how small it is but making a feel uh, kid feel like he can do anything
0: anything you know
1: touch the, scars, the, the 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 stars in the sky just make them feel like they can they can do it they have a chance to do it you will see amazing results from that but trust me because yeah. The minute the kid doesn't think they can do it, then now they have doubt. Now they're not gonna want to do stuff. They they they're not gonna go all in on it. You know, um, they're gonna be afraid. They're gonna be thinking about that fear, not thinking about well, how can I get this thing done? And and that's my you know that's my thing. It's it's, it's all about confidence for me.
0: I, I I love this band because this this uh, interview has been a huge already already because we're 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 warming up here. Yeah, we're warming up because all all the parents that are listening to this listen up listen up this interview has gotten pearls of how to sew into your children and now take this further we're not saying baby them
1: no 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 not at all like we're not
0: saying overly coddle them no because i'm seeing that a lot no no over coddling oh my god
1: and and i'm not and this is not like one of those participation trophies where it's like (laughs) Yeah, you know, I, I always find it funny because, uh, you know, in Houston I've gone to a couple of my buddies, um, you know, kids' youth sports, yeah. right? Uh, I've been to a couple of youth basketball games, um, youth track. And I'm talking about right now, you know, 6th, 7th, 8th grade. And so in uh, in Houston, I'm just listening to the parents, right? I'm just listening to what the parents are saying. I'm watching the coaches more than I watch the, the players. I'm just watching what the adults do. And, you know, you got the parents, they're over there. If a kid drops the ball, how are you, you going to drop the ball? Like, what are you doing, bro? You're embarrassing me, blah, 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 right? And then, you know, on the flip side, you, you, you listen to sports around here, and, you know, somebody, you know, drops a pass or something. It's okay, honey. You're doing great, baby. Yeah. yeah You're doing yeah. fine, blah, 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 you No, you can still... Pull the kid over and be like, "Hey, just remember, hey, you know, catch, catch the ball like you know, it's like you're catching an egg or something like that. Or, hey, don't worry about it. you're gonna get the next one, but you just focus. You don't have to tell him everything's all unicorns and 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 butterflies <laughs> and, and balloons. You can you know coach the kid up or give him a little piece of advice or just tell him, hey, don't worry, you'll get the next one. You know, that's how you don't take the kid's confidence away while keeping the kid's confidence while not making the kid feel like uh, you know he's like this coddled baby." Yeah you know and 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 sometimes I don't even say anything, you know, or i you know I don't care to say anything because i you know i I feel like we need to be more fans than we are coaches to our
0: kids. that's dude, this is great because I'm you know, you know this is the first time I've ever coached kids. I've coached adults for thirty years yeah. uh, i I've, I've led adults and now I'm leading children, so yeah. I'm finding myself on the field like if they drop something or make a mistake at first, I get a little upset i'm like i'm like and I'll bring them over, and I'll be like, hey. Man, if dude, if you hadn't gone straight and not come back, you had a touchdown right it's don't worry about it, great run, that right. was a great run, yeah, good run, Absolutely. but next time, boom, let's cut it out, nice job, boom, bad bing, right, yeah, so I'm learning how to coach,
1: yeah
0: right, tell them the and then but then congrats say, hey okay, good job, yeah, let's look at the positive here Absolutely. it's a it's an art form, yeah, so coaching for me,
1: and uh so I've done. Five internships in the NFL. I coached uh, five years at the University of San Diego. That's right. Um, coach, this is going to be my third year in the NFL, and coaching is just
0: teach. now. Did you get? Sorry, I'm going to cut go you ahead. real quick. Did you get calls from the NFL, or did you contact the NFL? Like when you were at USD, yeah. Had you already contacted the NFL, the coach, and just nobody? How uh, did that go? So uh, yeah, it's like two lives almost. Give you it know? to me, and I'm
1: going to write a book one day.
0: Right. Good. But, I yeah. got somebody that can help you with that.
1: Oh, wonderful! Yeah, wonderful. I got it. It's going to be called the uh, the Ordinary Extraordinary Life of Jacques Césaire. <laughs> and um, you know, because I've had some weird stuff happen to me in yes. my life, and they, but it's been great. And uh, and so to play, you know, almost a decade in the NFL, and then now I'm coaching the NFL. That that's it's not as easy as people think it is. Right. You know, first of all, the, the NFL lifespan, you know, the, the, the lifespan of an NFL uh, player. He's about two point seven years. I was gonna say three or four, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe. And, and today it's even harder because there's always young talent coming in, and 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 the, there's a lot of money involved now, so it's 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 easier to get rid of older players and keep younger players. So to to be in the NFL for close to a decade was was one crazy feat that I did. But then. Also, trying to get back in the NFL because once you once the NFL kicks you out, yeah. which they do to everybody, right? You know, it's hard to get back in that club, correct? <laughs> you know, because it's such a special sh- shield. I mean, everybody loves football; it's a national thing. Yeah, you know, they're going to have games in London. They're going to have games in, in in Mexico. They got games in Germany coming up. You know, this is an international uh, deal. So, um, the, the, you know, the NFL doesn't owe people anything. Right, and so you gotta work to get back in that. So I started off when I first started, like I said, I saw that game, of uh, you know, watch watch yep. those guys. Uh, my, my high school coach coached that game. That got me into training guys. So I was training uh, draft eligible guys: uh, DeForest Buckner, um, Taco Charlton, a couple guys up at Exos up here in um, Carlsbad, yep. and then that that parlayed into. Coaching high school ball, so I coached high school ball at L- La Jolla Country Day. We want to say CIF, and all the while uh, I'm doing these internships in the NFL, and I'm learning how to coach. And and coaching is really just teaching, you know. Yep. Right. You just said it. Kid, kid drops a pass. Right. And first thing that the parents are probably going to yell at, or the coach says, or the players, you know, the teammates say, or right, catch the ball. Well, yeah, duh. Yeah. you know, You. Want, <laughs> I'm sure he wants to catch the ball. You know. Yeah. Um. But you, you did the right thing. You said, hey, great route that you just ran, or good job running. Yep. And then, hey, if you just, if you do this a little bit better, you tighten this up right here, then we score. If you tighten this up, then you catch it. If you tighten this up, then you pull the flag, or you make the tackle, or you make the shot. Coaching is just. Teaching somebody something—that's it. It's just teaching. You ain't got to yell or or, or or you know make someone feel bad about themselves or get all upset because chances are most of those coaches have done that same mistake. Oh yeah. A- or have na- have never even been put in that position. Right. You know that's the one I really hate. I, I can't yeah. stand you know the coaches that okay right, you're gonna yell at a kid for doing something but you yourself have either have have either done that same mistake and or you never even played. <laughs> Yeah. How are you gonna tell this guy? You gonna yell at this kid? How are you gonna get frustrated with this kid? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To me, youth sports, all all uh, uh, people that, and um, when I say youth sports, I say anything up until high school, okay? Because yep. in high school it becomes real, and that's a whole nother animal. But youth sports, you better you better hope that you are inspiring that kid to love the sport, okay? Come back the next year and work out an, on their own without you or their parents. OK, that, that, that's a youth sport. And so, you know, making a kid feel bad about dropping a pass and not making a tackle, or running the wrong route or whatever like that. These kids ain't getting paid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not getting paid and they're, and, and they're trying their best. They're all they're all trying their best. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. And, no, and everybody wants to do good, you know. And, and so if most more coaches thought that way and did what you did, teach. Yeah, that's all it is. Once yeah. I once I figured that out, OK, I don't have to yell at these guys at all. My job is to master the content and then teach the content Yeah, and then inspire them to go out there and do the content.
0: That's it. Yeah. You, you, you actually texted me, uh, last season it was, can't it was last season. You, you, I texted you about something and you're like, listen, JD, at this point, at this age, mm-hmm. the only thing that matters is that they're in, they're having fun and they want to come back and play again. That's it. That's it. That's it. Nothing else matters. Yeah.
1: I see, I see these these, uh, these parents, they want to win these championships. and, uh, and, and Yeah, they're I, going I crazy. Them, you know how many dusty gold plastic uh, uh, trophies I have at my house? Yeah. <laughs> From being a part of a team or doing something, medals and all those, ribbons and things like that. That's great. That's all for the parents. Kids ain't going to ever think about that or care about any of yeah. that stuff. Okay, they want to have fun with their friends. They want to feel like they're they're contributing part some of way. Yeah. They're part of something, and they're getting better at something. Okay, and and, and, and that, that's 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 what youth coaches need to do. Right, you know, teach, inspire, and encourage, not discourage. Right, the discouraging is the lack of courage. You're taking courage away from that kid. You're taking that kid's confidence. Yes, encourage them. How can you encourage them? You know, figure different ways to encourage them. And you can literally take that same model and apply it to being a parent. It true. Apply it to being a boss. Imply that same model in, in, in being in, in any one of your relationships.
0: You know? Yeah.
1: yeah. We're, we're all here on this floating rock, you know, going through space, all right? Yeah. Trying to go through life. You said it earlier. Life is hard. All types of stuff gets thrown at you every single day. And you have to be prepared for that, you know, whether it be um, – uh, being able to receive information, mm. process information, and not and not be, uh, you know, quote unquote, butthurt about it. Yeah, you know, that's taking coaching or right. be able to yeah. help somebody out, help a friend out in need, coach them through that. Um, everybody can do that. Every yeah. single person. That's why I love coaching. You know, it's got everything. Yeah, you're communicating with people. You're teaching people. Shoot, sometimes you might just need to hug somebody.
0: Yeah. you know, hey, just give him some all love. All right. hey,
1: it's all right, buddy. You know, I got you, you know, bro. Yeah, I this got you. Yeah, get a little love. Right, yeah, know? and um, it's 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 a tremendous responsibility, and I love it. It's I love you know what aspect it,
0: of it? It's funny because I, I I didn't want to do it because I don't I, my schedule is stupid. I have no time. You're so good at it. <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: no, you are, you are, you are, and I appreciated you know JD coached my son. And, uh, shout out, did you guys win the championship? Yeah, we did. Let's oh, see, they, they got rings. Yeah, we did. Right? We yeah. <laughs> and, um, and he loved football. Yeah. Absolutely he loved, it. loved football. And they loved it because you made it fun.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, uh, they got, they have plenty of time to worry about championships and doing things perfect and all that. They got plenty of time yeah. for that. Yeah. Plenty of time.
0: Plenty of time.
1: Right now, just, just develop. Yeah, develop, develop,
0: develop develop little little champions little men yeah up and coming little champions develop them
1: yeah
0: this like, has helped me out this this interview meaning because this is to inspire others man but now because i'm getting more uh serious about my coaching on okay now how because i'm realizing that i need to how do i, I coached adult or you know uh, led adults my whole life mm-hmm. so i'm like you know what i gotta lead them the same way yeah, find out what their strengths are. What is their each one of their motivation? Would you say this is like finding the guys that you're leading? Each mm-hmm. one has different motivation. Yeah, right. What's what's guiding them? What's motivating them? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? How can you sew into them right. to make them better? Right. That's it.
1: Yeah. And that, and, that, and and the good players they all want to be coached. They're, they're coachable, really Saying yeah. coachable. They, they all they all want to be coached. They all want to be, they all want to be taught. They all want to be, you know, they they want to feel like. They're getting good information, you know. That's it. Just, just give them good information and, and and let them go. Yeah. Let them let them live. Let them let them mess up. All
0: right. So yeah. let's go back a little bit here to the NFL days. Are we
1: still back on fifth grade right now? I don't know where where are we.
0: <laughs> I lost track. I didn't. And I never lose track. No, we we, we made it to high school. We yeah. made it to the draft. We're in the NFL now. But we're in the we were in the NFL, okay. but we're, I'm going. Yeah. Okay. But no, then we we got onto coaching. How do we get the coach? How do we skip so fast? All right, let's go back. Give me give me some life in the NFL. Oh. Give me some life, <laughs> life in the NFL.
1: Life in the NFL. Life in the... Yeah, I'll tell you this. It's the best job I've ever had in my life. No kidding. I don't care. I mean, I, I'm just talking professional sports. When, when
0: did you realize, by the way, when you moved to San Diego, like, oh, wow, this is paradise?
1: Oh, like, the minute I landed here,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: it was like seventy-eight degrees. I remember the first, the first. And what year week. was this? It was two thousand and three.
0: Two thousand and three.
1: Spring two thousand
0: and three. And when so you're you have three kids? Yes, three. Okay. Yeah. And when so I know that Des, no Ev, uh Evie is it? Vivie. 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 Yeah. I always get the confused a little bit. So Vivie is is twelve or thirteen? Thirteen. Yeah. Okay. So by the time you moved out here. No. Give me the timeline.
1: Yeah, Did I, didn't, I didn't have it till 2009. Okay. Two, oh, Jesus. So, yeah, so I'm just, chill, I'm just chilling, I'm chilling. I'm chilling in the got NFL it. for at least you
0: know, got it. Okay. six years
1: before I had uh, Got children. it. So
0: when you got out here, you realized it was paradise right away. Give me some life in the NFL. Give me some, some learning lessons along the way that you can give some pearls of dealing with teammates, <laughs> starting to get paid lots of money. What happened when you started getting paid lots of money?
1: Well, I, I'll What happened this. there? We all so I got on the, I, when I came to the Chargers. It was 2003, yep. and we were terrible. Okay, team went four and 12, yep. and uh, I'll never forget it. I was in the Bahamas, and I turned on Sports Center. And you know how they have the little ticker. Yeah, it was after the season, and my half my team was on the ticker. They they had cut like half the team. And that's when I knew like life was real in the NFL because you know, it's it's not for it's long. It's business. Like, yeah, you're gonna get fired. And when you get fired, everybody knows it. And um, <laughs> and uh, and so um, you know I was out here and and you know working hard that, that first year, um, but then I just started kind of just enjoying San Diego and enjoying the NFL. Really, just uh, you know working my butt off to to try and start. Um, because then we started bringing in all these uh, superstars, Yeah. right? So Sean Merriman comes to the door. We already had LT here. Drew Brees becomes Drew Brees. Gates comes on the scene, and, and we start winning. And so the cool thing about all those guys, all my teammates, we were brothers first of all, but we all did stuff together. I mean, we all. I mean, if if somebody had an event, we all went to the event. Cause we're all young, yeah. you know. They, we're all between the ages of, you know, twenty-three and 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 27, 28 and um, you know, we had you know a couple old gruffy veterans, Lorenzo Neal. Yeah, you know, he was an eighteen-year vet at the time, and he was kind of just steering us in the direction that we had to go, and and, and teaching us how to work hard. Was he one that. of your first leaders? You would say? Uh, him, Robin Oban, um, Steve Foley, uh, Breezy was probably one of the best leaders I've ever been around. No kidding. Oh yeah. Very, very focused, very detail oriented, um, and so, like I said, we're all young. We just we did everything together. So we went to, we went to events together. Um, you know, you went out to the club together. You went to bars, restaurants. We were just always together. And next thing you know, those guys become brothers, and you just you're playing alongside your brother. That was it. And um, I still talk to those guys to this day. I mean, Sean Phillips came uh, to one of my practices in in Houston. And came over the house and hung out, you know, with his son. Yeah. Um, I still talked to Marcus Harris all the time. I still talked to Luis Castillo. I still talked to Sean Merriman sometimes. And uh, you know, those those guys were like brothers, and we had a heck of a time here in San Diego and Los Angeles and Vegas and and things like that. We just we had fun. We had wow. fun, uh, but we we played good ball. Um, we worked hard. We tried to win a championship. Yeah, you know, and uh, fortunately it didn't happen, but. It was a um it was a it was a great time to be playing football in San Diego and it was a great time to be a Charger and uh without, you know, incriminating anybody or getting myself in trouble. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun.
0: We'll it sum it up fun. with it a lot, lot of fun. It was
1: a lot of fun, yes, absolutely.
0: All right, so then when kids came in the mix when they just happened to arrive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how did, how did life change at that point?
1: You know, obviously when you have your first child, um, you, it it changes everything because now you're, you're responsible for a life. Yeah. Um, and, and, and everything that they do, you gotta teach them everything. Yep. It's the ultimate coaching. Oh yeah. You know, you teach them them everything. And, um, and, and that, uh, and it never stops. And my mom still calls me up to this day and, and, tries to give me advice and talk to me about life yeah. and I still talk I still call her mama.
0: Where, where does she live?
1: Where does she live? She lives in Massachusetts. Oh she is okay. same house. How, how old is she? Same house? Yeah same house. It's nineteen ninety three. And and how old is she? Sixty four okay. years old yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. And um and so uh you know Does she have an accent? Oh yeah both both my parents have heavy accents. Really? Oh yeah. Big time accents. How
0: come you didn't carry on an accent? Uh it just, went away?
1: I think it was I T V I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> Yo MTV Raps. Yo MTV uh, Raps. ET, you know, just yeah, you just don't get an accent. You're around kids, American kids all the time. So yeah. um and uh but no, it was it was I, I felt like it was a tremendous responsibility that that God would trust you with a life. And so you know I take that seriously as a provider, protector and and as a as a, a guidance and a resource for my children every single day. I'm very just just Anything they they do, I want to be immersed into. Yeah, and um, you know, I I, I I live in Houston and they live in San Diego, but we make it work as much as we can. Right. You know, I Facetime and talk to my kids morning, noon, and night. Any chance I any chance. And this is because with
0: with the NFL, you're over there full time.
1: Yeah, I'm over there full time. They they stay in San Diego, and and you know, I work hard so they they don't have to struggle you know yep. and um and that doesn't mean that i can't keep them from ever having any type of struggles in their life but i just you know the the way we we do it is is so they're they are okay their lives aren't going to be interrupted because that's what i was told a long time ago if you want to get in this build, business you have to build, build your house on a house i mean so yeah. I build build your house on wheels. On yeah, wheels. Yeah. yeah. That's, what I, that's what I was told. Build your house on wheels. Don't ever feel like you're gonna be grounded and stay in this one area. You know, I spent two years in Buffalo and they went like this. And then Quick. I I know. And and the, the transition from Buffalo to Houston was literally two days. You know, that's it. I, I, I did an interview on, I flew down and did the interview on a Saturday, uh, sorry, Friday night. I did the interview Saturday morning, flew back. Uh, Saturday night, packed all my stuff up on Sunday, and I flew back to Houston on Monday and started work. Wow. I mean, that's how quick it happens. And so um, I never wanted to put my kids in that predicament where they are moving from, you know, this state to this state to this school to this school. I just wanted them to have kids. Because I, I, as a child, obviously, I moved around a lot. I yeah. understand what that does. Sometimes that, that can do to a kid. Right. And so I just wanted to be like, okay, well, Okay, you're grounded in 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 San Diego. You guys have a heck of a life. Daddy will try and come in and out as much as I can, and and make sure that everything is copacetic. And away we go.
0: And so, how is that, as far? Because you're you're a like a very very um in invested in your children. Mm-hmm. It must be sometimes like because when you have to because it's a, you got a job and your job by the way of sewing into other human beings. is yeah. It's not just, a, this is not just a job, That's this right. is a calling.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. And, and, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and it's funny, I tell people all the time, I don't set alarms. I never set alarms. Yeah. I, you know, I wake up 4, 4.30 every day, whether it's you know a weekend or not, and I just try to get up and just start my day. And um, part of that is you just, you have purpose. Yeah. And, and my purpose is I, w- I want to be a great father I do and 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 I actively work on being a better father I actively you know read and study books on on children's psychology and, and you know whatever podcasts I can listen to to just be just a better resource for them um, at the same time I understand that every single one of us has has our own calling Every single one of us has something that makes us get up every single morning to live life. Uh, my purpose to me is to impact as many lives as I can. Yep. As many lives as I can, you know, and, and, and just just positive. Just, just give them as much positive energy, just pour into them as much as I can, um, because that's what I felt like God just want me to do. I mean, I just always I was, I've always been that way. I feel like that's that's one of the yeah. gifts that, that that God has given me. And so for me, I think that show my kids that you can still be a great father, still be a great mother, yet do what you are called to do. Mm. You know, Yes, there's going to be sacrifices. No matter what, with any growth, and, and this is important for everybody to understand, with any growth in your life, there's going to be pain with any type of growth that you get in life, you're gonna have some kind of pain, you're gonna have some kind of perseverance you're gonna have some kind of conflict, you're gonna have something that is gonna be, you know, some kind of tough road to, to navigate. But you gotta just keep pushing forward. You know, we grew up in the eighties when the superhero uh, it could be Rocky or you know Schwarzenegger, uh-huh. one of those guys. You know, they're in the movie, they're they're on top. Then boom, they they fall flat on their face. And what they gotta do? They gotta fight, claw, scratch, whatever they can yep. to keep you know climb themselves out of that hole to make it. And so I, I feel like that's how that's that's what we need to give to our children. That's what we need to. That's the idea that we have to have for ourselves. That no matter what's going on. Yeah, the, the the storm is coming. There's yep. going to be a, yep. there's going to be a storm that comes. I'm I, I have to whether you know, I, I'm 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 a very spiritual man. I believe in God. You know, God helps you navigate through that storm. If some people might not believe in God or whatever like that. Well, shoot, then you got to navigate through that storm. You got to be ready to go through that storm. And and whenever you do that, you know, you you'll be you'll be good, but it it's going to take there's gonna, t- there's gonna be some kind of pain. There's yeah. gonna be some kind of something that you don't want to have to go through,
0: but you gotta. You it, gotta. It, 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 and it's about being like for any like to be committed to growth. Because I think you and I are the same animal when it comes to this. Yeah. And I've said it on my podcast a million times. What the, what drives me to wake up and be freaking passionate as I am 24-7 is because I know I have a calling, a God calling on my life mm. to make a difference, to make an impact, to lead others, to inspire, to motivate, to encourage. I'm mm. freaking driven by it. I love it. I which is why we're doing this podcast, why I'm digging this gold out of you so you can inspire others. So, and, and, and just... And, and oh, so talk to me about faith because you keep mentioning God and faith. So talk to me about faith. How? What? How early on in your life did? When did faith come in? Uh, did your parents instill that in, in you? Like, talk to me about that and how yeah. that's guided you along the way.
1: So, um, my my mother is very, 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 very religious. Really? Yeah. And um, so we, I, I've been in the church since I was I was in, since I can remember. Yeah. And always praying, and uh, she would, she would. Uh, they used to call me Pastor Jacques when I was a young. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I like to read, you know. Yeah. I got a, a vivid imagination, and so when you, re, you know, when I read books, it's like a movie to me. And I can see that thing like it, it's 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 a weird thing where you know, and I, I, like I just like to read. Yeah. And so have you ever read some of these book, uh, stories in the Bible? I have. There's some crazy stories uh, I, in the Bible, so I I, I, I started just, digging into the Bible the past okay. six months. Okay.
0: It's. I will be frank with you. I'm not a great reader because my mind actually. It's hard for my mind to focus. Okay. So, but my one of my dear, uh, one of my homies, man, Colin Higginbottom got me the Maxwell Leadership Bible. Okay. So I can digest it better. Right. Makes sense. So what, Higgin what? Higginbottom. Uh, Colin. He's the pastor at uh, Awaken Church.
1: Shout out to Colin Higginbottoms. Love that last name, by the way. Higginbottom. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Isn't
0: that crazy? <laughs> He makes me look like I'm subdued and not passionate. That's how freaking that's it, how intense and passionate yeah. this guy is. He's awesome. unbelievable. We're like we're like two brothers. Spirit animals. Spirit animal. There you go. Okay. He got me the, the the Maxwell, the guy who's wrote all the positive, mm-hmm. you know, books of yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, personal development books. Yeah. So he actually did a version of the Bible that has more easy for someone like me mm-hmm. to understand the stories.
1: Okay. Right.
0: Yeah. So anyway. Um. Keep going.
1: Yeah. So I, when I was a kid, you know, uh, we didn't have a lot of money. So we, you know, and you know, back in the day, you had thirteen channels. And we weren't yeah. living in the you know, best place, so we weren't going outside a lot. And so I'd would, I'd would read the Bible, and and there was some crazy stories in the Bible. You know, where you just you got guys, you know, killing a thousand people with a with a, a donkey bone, a donkey jaw bone or something like that, or you know, Moses parting the Red Sea, or or even uh, 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 Jesus on the cross, or the the the, uh, the flood, or the, there were just some these amazing stories, you know, the archangels coming down and having these battles and things like that. I I, I saw that stuff. I that that it was real to me when I was reading that as a, as a child. So. I've always just been in the, 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 the church my whole life. And, um, I just think, you know, no matter what, with faith, um, it's, it's a personal relationship between you and God. And, um, and just like with any relationship, you have ups and downs and, and it's okay to be upset, you know? So he, he gave us that motion, that, that emotion. You know, <laughs> yeah. We're, we all have that emotion. And um, but uh, I think as everybody has to have something that they believe in that's bigger than them. Mm. You know, and um, I don't I don't profess to know what's going to happen when I pass when, when when I die. I my faith tells me what's going to happen. And I believe in that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I believe in that, I and mean, then whatever happens from there, happens from there. Um, but I just I feel that everybody has to, in some way, somehow, believe in something that's 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 greater that's greater than them. And um, it, it's a it's a it's a tri- tricky topic for a lot of people to get into. Some people believe, some people don't believe. But the, the, even the people that don't believe, that's belief in something. You know, yeah. and, and, and to, to me, yeah, there's a lot of things that science explains and there's a lot of things that science doesn't explain. But but for me, I just look at what nature does. OK, we all have this this instinct to believe in something. We all have this instinct to worship something. I don't care what the hell you I mean, every single person listening to this podcast, every single person in this world worships something. You know, they may think they don't, but they do. You know, it could be food. It could be shopping. Mm-hmm. It could be your children. It could be your job. It could be your spouse. It could be your car. It could be your status. Whatever it is, there's something that every day somebody's thinking about that more and and worshiping that and putting that up on a pedestal than they are God. Because we have that. He, he gave us that ability. He gave us that, that natural instinct to believe and worship. That's what we do. Yeah. Believe in worship. I don't care who you are. Even if you say, no, I don't believe in God, that's stupid. Well, that's a belief. Yeah. Okay? That's a belief. And you're going to stick to that belief because you have faith in that, correct? Yeah. Right. It's, it's, we all have that ability. We all have that instinct. So for me, if we have that's a natural instinct for people, there has to be a reason why that, that's in us. There has exactly. to be a reason why yeah. that's in us. You know, besides the fact that, you know, but uh, besides our our what we what believe, what our faith is. There has to be a reason why that is a natural instinct for every single human being. I mean, since the dawn of time, they're drawing up things where they're worshiping s- something. Something. So, <laughs> something, doesn't matter what it is. They're making little figurines to worship something, okay? We we go after uh, a Super Bowl every year, and they make that beautiful Lombardi trophy into something that, to me, sometimes I have to check myself because that becomes a, an obsession. Yeah literally is an obsession yeah, yeah where it's like an idol yeah you're damn right yeah yeah <laughs> that's how it is That's all it really is i mean look at all these kids my, my kids love they have all these trophies and these rings and things like that they love that stuff because it's it's some type of it's, it's a natural instinct in them to to want to have something like that it's shiny it's gold i love it it validates me it makes me feel like i'm good you know and and to me that's that's all part of faith that's all part of what God put inside of us to ultimately have a relationship with him right and um, and it's just been important in my life and a lot of things that I do um, and, and like sure. I said you you, you can' there's, there's times when you know we we say that we're we're we're, we're separate from God or or I'm, I'm you know I've, I'm, I'm lost or whatever like that there, there'll be times when that happens it has to be because that's that's all part of a relationship there's ebbs and flows and everything you know you just got to keep pushing forward
0: and and Jacques so and something that's happened to me over the past year since I'm getting more uh embedded engulfed and into the church is what I've realized is that your heavenly father mm-hmm. God what's basically been monumental for me in my life is that I know that he believes in me no matter what. Oh, yeah. And you said this earlier, man, about you with who you coach and your children. Mm-hmm. It's almost the stamp of this entire interview right. is self-awareness, self-esteem, confidence. Don't let any man take your confidence away. We can be rest assured that our Heavenly Father, because I didn't have a... I had a father, but I didn't. He was completely non-existent mm. and the th- people in my church are now saying jd it's okay because right. you've got a heavenly father that loves you right that yeah. cares about you yeah that no matter what you do believes in you and is 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 instilling in you your calling on this earth right, right?
1: well well i mean i'll take it a step further talking about that i'll take it a step further just think about the you know uh okay your father wasn't in your life right yeah but god all while you were growing up no matter what he instilled little father figures in your life all over the place right you are not the person that you are without some kind of male influence in your life would you would you would you agree with that i, I mean, would you you it could be a trainer it could be a coach it could be one of your friends i don't care who it is you you, you god will put every type of resource he needs it might not be traditional might not just be a traditional hey there's your dad he, look up to him he's hey come on out let's go play catch and let me tell you about you know life and the birds and the bees and all that. It might not be traditional could be in the form of a friend could be in the form of a friend's father could be in the form of a coach could be in, it could be a mother.
0: Uh, dude, I was literally <laughs> I was literally waiting yeah. for you yeah. to pause to tell you It was in my mother.
1: Uh, It could. And honestly, it could be God was like, okay, well. She She was a better
0: father figure than any man I could have ever hoped for. I've seen that. For real. I've seen that. Straight up.
1: Yeah. And and you don't, like I said, it doesn't have to be traditional. Right. You know, but he's still going to put that, those resources right there for you to take advantage of, or just be like, I don't have my father here.
0: Exactly. You can focus yeah. on the negative, yeah. or you can be like, well, "I never thought about it." Oh, This girl's pretty cool. <laughs> I never thought about it. You know? Never focused on it. Never was like, "Well, it was me." Right. I just say it so people know that it happened to me. Right. And that the way that I am now, they're like, oh, wow, he's pretty. He's a passionate, positive guy. Right. He didn't have a dad.
1: Right, yeah.
0: Look at him. Yeah. That's the only reason I bring it up. I don't bring yeah. it up like, oh, my God, yeah. you know, look, oh, pity party for me. No, yeah. no, no, and not you, at all.
1: And you're right about that. I apologize to all the mothers out there. There are a lot of mothers that are raising boys. Oh, mothers. 100%, a lot of mothers are mothers that are doing their thing as much as they can to try and, you know, raise raise a man without a father figure there. Yes. And they're doing the best that they can, you know.
0: And that's another reason to get him into sports because then you have a male coach. Something. Right. Something. And I take that. That's why I take that very seriously Mm because I know that there's families of kids that I'm coaching that are either separated or going through bad breakups or divorced. Right where the, maybe it's, he doesn't have that role model as much as he used to. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm now filling a little bit of that gap. Oh, absolutely. I take that seriously.
1: Absolutely. As you should, you know, because like I said, those those, those years of development, especially at the age you're talking about. Yeah. You know, zero to seven or zero to eight, yeah. I think is Huge. Like where where kids make the most, uh, have the most development and have the most influence put on them. Right. And so. With their influence the most. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you you, you know, you're at that, age right now right. where those kids are looking at you like whatever you say is gold. Yes. You know, so yeah. that's a tremendous response. Tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right, so we're going to land this plane here. Okay. And I want to land it with you firing off on some, because uh, I've got, I'm trying to put myself, because I know that there's listeners and watchers right now, especially with the, the climate of of our society, the country's in right now, which okay. is frankly a mess. Yeah. Right? And at least the media is portraying it to be a complete mess well let me say this good god
1: <laughs> yeah I, and I, I always you know I, I, like i said i talked to a lot of people yeah <clears throat> and i'm always intrigued by when people say stuff like that yeah <laughs> oh this this, this, this yeah. world is this, this world's coming to this, this is the worst that the worlds ever been it's the worst that this country's ever been yeah. in yeah right this is why this getting you right going. now is the worst that the country's ever been in why because of the economics because of gun laws because of what i mean did we not forget that there was slavery for 400 years in this yeah. country do we not forget that we've had riots did we not forget that we've th- that there have been assassinations of presidents of great world leaders in this country yeah okay you know i mean and then if you want to go further back i mean we've had world wars yeah you know <laughs> you know we've had civil wars we've had some stuff that where you look around like holy crap like. This is bad news, okay? You know what those people kept on doing? They kept on pushing forward. They kept on keeping it moving. And there was always, no matter what, there's always an element element of good people, good core people that will continue to make this country great. Yeah, we have issues. Yeah. We're always going to have issues. Always going to have issues. I've I've been listening to the same issues as a child now that I'm an adult. Uh, You know, say you can go back and, and, and listen to any type of president presidential debate and they'll still be talking about the same thing you gotta get we gotta get more more money for people we have to you know have some kind of uh you know better gun laws or some kind of laws put in place for weapons um you know the roe versus wade wade thing now i mean this has been going on forever it ain't it ain't going anywhere
0: right (laughs) so tell tell the people people, preach preach what do they do because they're all buying into it the media the hype I know how I feel, but preach onto, how, like you just said, there's enough good people at all times that'll yeah. keep this country great. Yeah. You so if they're what? watching and listening, get light a fire under their ass.
1: I, I, I Tell got th- them to step up. Well, I got three things. I, I have Tell this them. like little mantra on my, uh, in, in, in my house in, in Houston is I look at it every morning, sometimes at night. And I just, it just reminds me of how I want to live my life. Okay. Work hard, be humble, be kind. Love it. Okay, work hard, be humble, be kind. All right. Just, just just be kind people. All right. There's enough there's enough excuse my language, shitty people in this world that, that are mean to people for no absolute and and, and, and and mind you, just remember, if somebody is uh acting a certain way or, or if you feel like that person or, or place or entity is is bad or, or they're just um What's the word I'm looking for? Most most people act a certain way because of what's happening in their lives. Correct. Whether it be childhood trauma, yep. something. Okay. And so sometimes if somebody does you wrong or something's happening in this world that, that you don't like, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with that person or, or that that entity. You know, so I think there's um, all these, these different... Topics in our world that that are hot and heavy that are bothersome to people. As long as that there's good people involved, and people are are doing it for the right reasons, not money, okay, but for the right reasons. Um, I think that you know things things are things will be better. Things will be better. We're, right. we're we're human beings and we love we 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 naturally instinctively actually do love each other. You know when you meet ch- yeah. when you meet people, you you know you, you. Most people when you meet somebody, you're like, ah, I don't know about this guy, da da You know, I'm the kind of total opposite. Yeah. When I meet somebody, I- any male I meet, I, I I I go through these two these two things. Every male I meet is not a threat. Every every male that I meet is not a threat. Okay. Every woman that you meet is not a sexual object. Okay. Every male that you meet is not a yeah. threat. Every woman that you meet is not a sexual object. Everybody could just be cool. Just be cool. I mean, we kicked it off great because I looked at you as big and hulking. I mean, you look like the Incredible Hulk over here, right? (laughs) All right? But but the minute I met you, I was like, yo, he's not a threat. He's cool. Yeah. We kicked it off great. Kicked it
0: off immediately.
1: Immediately.
0: Immediately.
1: I mean, every man is not a threat. Every woman is not a sexual object. Go on through life loving people. Be kind. Work hard. Be humble. And you'll be good.
0: And the people that are struggling right now with this, that can't wrap their mind... That are, let's say, they're trying to find their purpose. What can they do right now, moving forward? What would you say? Everybody has the same purpose? No. Okay. So what are they doing? How do they finish with something? Give me something that you can rile them up when they listen <laughs> to this thing at the last yeah. five minutes. They're like, "Oh man, all right, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make some changes. I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna change my mindset."
1: Right. Well, changing your mindset—that's the first thing that you have to do. It has to. You have to flip it to to, to more of a positive mindset. Okay. Now I know you talked about energy before and yeah. things like that. Okay, and, you know, anything that has to do with that energy, manifestation, yeah. and and vibration, and everything like that, that's all God inspired as well. Okay, manifesting to me is just praying. Yeah, right. Okay, a, a, a good energy, whatever it is. If you're just being positive, positive things are gonna happen to you because you're being positive. You know, and you can look at things. We all have a choice. That's what God has given us right we all have a choice to look at it positive to look at it negative
0: that's right right two options so
1: you got two options that's it. that's it 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 don't ever change you can't look at it well i'm not going to care about it no you're going to look at it positive or you're going to look at it negatively if you choose to look at it positive no matter what it is chances are you'll have a better positive outcome with with said subject that's right you know if you're going to look at it negative then that's what you're going to get and you know, unfortunately some people actually like negativity
0: yeah they, they thrive off negativity
1: they really do thrive off negativity
0: they thrive so this is the perfect way to end this interview if you look at things in a positive way things are most likely going to turn out positive if you look at a negative way things are going to most likely turn out negative Absolutely. it's that simple yeah and let's not all be we only we're we we can dictate our own happiness would you agree with that absolutely rather than allowing who's ever in shards like you said this stuff's never going to go away yeah. we're always going to be quote unquote infighting yeah I,
1: and it's not really i mean you're always going to we're not all the same people yeah. we don't we don't have all the same ideas we don't have no matter what you do if you are on one side of the spectrum that means the other side is is disagreeing with you it's just that simple it doesn't mean that you're wrong it's just that just means that one side feels this way the other side feels this way can we all work together and come up with a, a you know, resolution for all these hot topics? I hope so. <laughs> I'm positive. I'm positive. I'm positive. <laughs> I just I, I have I just, faith. I, I I just I have faith. I'm positive. You know, I've 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 just I've seen so many things. Uh, we all have. Yeah. You know, just just imagine like what our kids are going through right now. They've seen. You know, they've oh, heard about nine eleven. Now they're talking about COVID. COVID. Ugh. It, it feels like COVID got it. COVID must be from the hood because COVID got every type of cousin coming out, every variant of COVID. And You don't want to mess with COVID because they got all types of cousins just waiting around the corner to jump you. I'm telling right? you. And so you got all this thing going on in this world right now for the the this 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 generation to absorb and. Um, you know, it's it's it's. Crazy. What's the best
0: way we can help the generation coming up, the kids, the generation? What's the best way we can help as parents, as adults, listen to this thing right now? What's the best way we help them?
1: Let them live. Let them live. Let 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 them mess up. Let, let them let them go through life. They're gonna be in charge
0: pretty soon, people. And instill confidence in them.
1: You better instill confidence in them and just let them live life and, and go through life and let them mess up. Let your kids mess up because that's the that's the the greatest. The greatest teacher of life is life. Yeah. Going through life. You can tell your kid, hey, don't touch that stove, or just, you know, maybe he maybe he burns himself one yeah. day. I tell you what, he'll never do it again. Yeah. He'll never do it again.
0: Folks, just let him live. That's it. Let him live. We all let him, him live, live. and instill instil confidence in them. My man, Jacques Césaire.
1: Where can I get arms like that?
0: Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Real Deal Talk, dude. It's been a pleasure, brother. It's been a pleasure. There it is. Give it a gun. Uh. It's been a pleasure. Real Deal Talk. That's a wrap. Appreciate it, brother. That was fantastic. Loved it.